two in with Sergio and the vet is back. And Sergio, I'm going to be honest with you, Sergio. This could be our last episode. This could be our last episode ever. Oh, what's going on, man? I don't know, man. I've, I've got some, I've got some things to say and some questions to ask. And depending on, uh, how you answer these questions, I don't know if uh, we can be friends anymore. But we'll get to that. That'll be that'll be later on, you know. So stick around uh, for the resolution to find out if we're going to keep doing this or not. But um, you know, did I actually, did I actually mark you out again? Did, uh, I, did, I, did I mark out too hard for Brian Cage? No, it, it wasn't anything you did. Um, but somebody did something, and uh, I'm just not too pleased with it. Uh, so, but once again, you know, that's, that's the little teaser at the beginning, uh, stick around to find out what we're talking about. And, um, until that time, uh, we can just continue on like we normally do. And what we normally do is you tell us the news of the week. So Sergio, what's been going on? All right. So we're going to kick it off here. Um, well, I guess it's somewhat newsworthy. Um, it's interesting nonetheless. So it looks like uh, Randy Orton bought a plane. What? Yeah, he bought a plane. Uh, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't know how that works. I don't know if he flies the plane. I mean, I doubt it. He probably has got, um, you know, somebody flies for him. But I may, I'd imagine that must make traveling much easier. I thought Randy Orton also had a bus. Yeah, I was going to say, did he get bored with the bus and that's just not cool enough anymore? And now you got to have a plane? What kind of a plane? Um, It doesn't really specify. It shows him... Just sitting on the plane, and um, yeah, it looks nice. Uh, but I'm, uh, but I was always curious how the traveling works. So, if he had a bus, he's not. I mean, assuming he lives in, let's say, St. Louis, I mean, he's not driving the bus to California if he's got a show out there, right? So, does somebody drive the bus and he just flies to the city? So, you know, so let's say you fly to Indianapolis and then you do Indianapolis, then you do like Louisville, Lexington. Cincinnati, for example, you know, you drive all those towns. Uh, is that how that works? He'll fly to a city and then go to town to town on his bus, you know? Um, I think we've had this discussion before, and I, I didn't like know. Have. I, yeah. I know we have. Um, so you can go back in the archives and, you know, listen to it yeah. again. But uh, I didn't know then, and I don't know now. I kind of feel like the whole point of buying a bus is so that you use the bus. You don't really need to, you know, the travel between cities it might not be that much, but I don't know. It's possible. Um, but with the, that's the thing with, so with now if you've got a jet, you're not going to be able to make the, do you just take, you take your own jet and then you get where you're going and then you meet the bus there and the bus drives you around until it's time to go back to the jet. I mean, this must be uh, pretty well, nice. Well, that makes sense. I'd imagine you just take the jet from city to city. Like, uh, I heard Bill Burr, you know, comedian Bill Burr on the Joe Rogan podcast, was talking about how he bought a helicopter. So instead of driving through California traffic, he just flies his helicopter, and he gets anywhere he wants to go within, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, so I'd, I'd have to <laughs> yeah, imagine. Yeah, any, any place deal. that has a helipad, anyway. Yeah. Because flying sucks, man, especially when you're a bigger dude, like... A guy like Orton, you know, it's just like it's uncomfortable. This makes this makes traveling really nice. I wonder who he lets fly with him. You know, he's got to have some buddies where he's all right. You know, hop aboard my plane. Yeah, y'all. Everybody pitches in, so Randy Orton can have a plane. 
Uh, I don't know, but congratulations. It's pretty baller when you uh, are able to buy a plane. Yeah, big time. And it is like, I assume it is like a luxury jet, right? It's not like he didn't buy like a little a little prop plane or anything. He's, he got like a G6 or something, right? Looks pretty nice. I see some cup holders, some comfortable chairs. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it looks, looks, pretty, looks pretty cool. It's not... There's not a lot of uh, pictures on it, unless I guess if I go to his Instagram, that there might be some more on there. But I'm only seeing one right now. But looks looks pretty good. Okay, all right. Congratulations. Yeah. So here's some news I'm very excited about. There's some. Uh, I guess apparently Matt Riddle is going to be called up, possibly as soon as this week. Uh, so apparently he's going to the SmackDown brand. Unfortunately, um, apparently Bruce Pritchard wanted him and AJ Styles, and he's got them both. Which I guess in itself is kind of a dream match. Um, but it looks like the plans for him to move to the main roster have occurred since before WrestleMania. Um, there's rumors that he's not being on Raw because of the possible heat with Les- with Lesnar or, or Lesnar not liking him. But apparently uh, him and Heyman are friends, but he still didn't make it on the Raw brand. Uh, so it looks like, let's see here. So he got signed in 2018. It's a multi-year deal. And apparently the call-up to the main roster has something to do with money. Um, being called up, you know, you get the pay raise. And apparently they didn't want him signing with a with a different company. So nonetheless, he'll be on the SmackDown brand possibly as soon as this week. And, I, you know, I made a joke to myself. I'm like, oh, great. I can't wait to see Matt Riddle versus Baron Corbin as a joke. And then I read some kind of news where... That actually might be his first feud. But hey, if anyone if anyone can have an entertaining segment with Baron Corbin, it's, uh, it's Matt Riddle. I think he can he brings he brings the best out of everybody. Uh, those are interesting words that you chose to say. First of all, let's start with you being excited. Why would you be excited that Matt Riddle's getting called up? I mean, nobody that we we've discussed it time after time after time right here on this podcast about how when you get called up, that's the end of anything that you've done in wrestling being any kind of cool or interesting. Uh, most of these people want to stay in NXT because at least they're being used. So I wouldn't be so excited right off the bat. Um, second, you're talking about um, if anybody can bring the best out of people, it's uh, Matt Riddle, which, like who? Who did he bring the best out of? Well, think about like the entertaining, the entertaining segments of Pete Dunne, even the the stuff he did with Timothy Thatcher was somewhat entertaining. You know, I'm, I've always been a huge Matt Riddle fan, and and he to me he's one of those guys too where he's just to to me he's like one of the best, like just one of the best out there all around. He kind of reminds me of Kurt Angle in a lot of ways in terms of the ability to be uh, funny, entertaining, and serious and legit. He's also one of those guys to me too where he's like. Okay, you can book him like shit. At the end of the day, you know the cream always rises to the crop, to the top, and I think he's one of those guys that's gonna that's, that really is gonna succeed. And I think I'm also happy for him. You know, he does have a wife and a couple of kids, and you know he's not making that much money at NXT, so now he can finally, you know, get called up and hopefully make you know million, a couple million a year, you know, rightfully so. To me, he's a he's a main event guy. To me, he's a WrestleMania main eventer, uh, in my opinion. And that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, I don't think they're gonna see what you see. <laughs> Probably not. We'll see though. Wait till the crowds come back in and 
and wait till he gets super fucking over, which, which I, which I know he's gonna be. But just watch. You let 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 them turn him heel, and and I'm sure he could be a good heel as well. But I think the baby face is 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 where is what really what is what he fits into naturally. I think that's how he how he's really gonna get over. I have no faith in any of this, but I mean, all we can do is just wait and see, right? Assuming that this even happens right when they say it is, because. You know, nothing's been confirmed as of yet, right? True. Yeah, it's not confirmed. Even, I, I, even I, that I plane, no... even that plane that Randy Orton bought, isn't confirmed that he actually bought it. You know, he could just be posting a pic. <laughs> so <laughs> he did. He did put hashtag what a rib. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I I will say I have no uh, I have no confidence in uh, Bruce Pritchard's creative direction, but uh, nonetheless, um, I th- think uh, Matt Riddle and AJ is for sure a dream match. I'd love to see Matt and a uh, uh, Brock Lesnar. There's a lot of there's a lot of good, you know, Matt Riddle and, and Chad Gable. I think as Matt Riddle, I think he's just, uh, you know, I've been putting him over since the Indies, man. I'm just a huge fan of this. I'm surprised. He, I'm surprised he's still not that over with you. I thought you would you would have come around by now. There's nothing to come around to. I mean, it's it's. I, I don't have. I don't actually have a problem with Matt Riddle, but. You know, my my thing is, is uh, I just I'm looking at what the track record is and what they're going to do. It's not about what I like. It's not about what you like either. Uh, What it's about is what are these guys going to do with this dude that we've already established has massive heat. So, you know, it's, it's one thing you can avoid some of that heat when you just stay down in Florida. But now. You know, you're going to be around all these people doing what you do. Whatever it was to get that heat, you're going to get even more heat. And the only thing that matters is uh, the people that you get heat with are the people that are in control of your career. You know, I'm sure he's cool and all with all the guys. And, you know, he probably gets along with everybody in the locker room. But, you know, if Michael Hayes or somebody is just like, I just don't get it, then he's not going to get a, you know, a, the kind of push... <laughs> That, that you hope that he's going to get. And I can just keep pointing to the people that they brought up and marginalized, and pretty soon they're, you know, they're working uh, main event matches against uh, other NXT developmental talents. So, um, good luck. That's all I can say. Yeah, that's how we'll tell. Uh, speaking of good luck, it looks like uh, Drew Gulak has come to an agreement and uh, re-signed with the company. And I guess he's um, officially back on SmackDown. According to the uh, website, he went from alumni back to superstar. <laughs> and um, and I guess it looks like he, he could be back on TV as soon as this week as well. So good for Drew. Then he can get right into that program with uh, Matt Riddle. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a good match. Man, Matt Riddle versus Daniel Bryan? Holy shit. There's a lot of dream matches. Yeah, I guess. So, uh, so do we have any information on the deal or what, what happened or why did why did this thing play out the way it did? Um, is the guy with, whose with job it is to yeah, is the guy whose job it is to move a person off of onto the alumni page and back off the alumni page? Is he a little irritated that he's got to go back and forth with this? <laughs> or I mean. Is there any other info that we have on this? No, there's not any details at all, actually. But it seemed like the way when the way he was 
uh, the way he left the company, it felt like he was going to come back. It just seemed like the rumors were he was going to come back, and it was just some weird contract dispute. So, okay. Well, I mean, uh, I said I said they shouldn't have got rid of him. So, or whatever happened, you know, whether it was contract expiring and not agreeing to terms or whatever. Whatever speculation that we're not really sure about, because all we're basically going off of is probably whatever Dave Meltzer was told. We don't know, you know, if he was told the truth. So, eh, he's back. That's probably the best fit for him. And um, it's up to WWE to actually use him since they're going to be paying him. But um, I don't have any faith in that either. So... So what's the story? Is that over with him and Yang and Brian, or are they, are they still kind of like a team? I know, like, I guess Daniel Bryan beat him in a singles match. Uh, but why did they have that match in the first place? I don't remember. It was the tournament. It was just the tournament first round. Oh, the IC title. Okay, okay. So they had the match because they had to. And then after that, we were just, you know, obviously they're not going to talk about real-life stuff on the show. So if Drew Gulak was getting released, they didn't mention it. Or not release or what, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was going to be gone. They weren't going to say that. So they didn't say anything. And now he'll be back. They can act like nothing ever happened because nothing ever did. So it's no big deal. Well, they always pretend like nothing ever happened in the first place. So. Yeah. <laughs> even when, even when we all saw it happen. I'm sure Roman Reigns will come back sometime soon and we'll just pretend like he was, he never left. Yeah. <laughs> He was prominently featured in one of the hallway photos of uh, the Money in the Bank match, wasn't he? So, Yeah, yeah. All right, so some final news here. We have uh, the unfortunate death of a uh, stardom wrestler by the name of Hana Kimura. Uh, she was 22 years old. Looks like she made her debut in stardom in 2016. Um, death by suicide. Uh, according to the uh, report here, it was due to uh, cyber bu- or online bullying. She was on a, a Netflix show called Terrace House, where apparently, I guess in the reality show, she was kind of portrayed as a heel. Um, I guess before the suicide attempt, she was making some disturbing tweets to her. Uh, um, Kyrie Sane tried to reach out to her and help her out. Uh, unfortunately, in the end... It looks like the suicide was due to, um, I had to look it up. Um, sorry, I have it right here somewhere. Some kind of poison, which I guess is common in Japan. Um, I think suicide is kind of more common in, in Japan in general. Okay, so it's called hydrogen sulfide, which is basically some type of chemical compound. I guess you heat it up. I don't know how you... Uh, ingested, maybe you breathe in or somehow, but it sounds like a pretty painful death. You kind of just like stop breathing and all kinds of pretty rough stuff. But nonetheless, I guess we can save the details. Um, yeah, unfortunate week in wrestling. Uh, so yeah, this was, um, I guess when you said the disturbing tweets, was that the ones where she was like cutting herself, those kind of things? Yeah, that's what I read. I don't know if she was showing pictures or just talking about it. Hmm. Oh, you know, she was uh, she's a pretty girl, and I was surprised. I uh, I was looking her up, and I was surprised she actually she's fluent in English. 
So I saw her in some interview. They did like a, they, they did like a word game where they'd say a word, and you know, first thing that come came up to your mind. And so she was really, really quick with it. She's probably the best English speaking uh, Japanese girl that I've seen thus far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, the le- the lesson here, first of all, is uh, you know you can't. It seems so obvious to say, but you you really can't let people have that much of an influence on you that you don't know. Because, I mean, if we're talking about people tweeting somebody because she was on a reality show, like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, are you like you really does it really matter? You you kind of I had to say, first of all, with all due respect, um this is more of a general statement. It's not directed at this poor girl uh, who just lost her life or took her life. Uh, this is not directed at her necessarily, but isn't this kind of the wrong vocation for you? If you are going to have this sort of a reaction to negative feedback. I mean, when you're putting yourself out there, especially now, everybody knows like people on social media are going to say stuff they they just are and you don't have to listen to them i mean what does their opinion matter they don't know what they're talking about uh and so wrestling or just being on a reality show which everybody knows is cl- reality shows are clearly uh edited together to make the producers able to tell the story they want to tell so they can make anybody look as bad or as good as they want them to look. Um, you know, doing all this, uh, it couldn't just be, you know, like she was just a normal person and this stuff happened and then she got sad and killed herself. She must have had some sort of issues already. Like there has to be more uh, deep underlying psychological, emotional issues Uh because you don't just see some mean tweets and then kill yourself. If that was the case, everybody on this planet would be dead by now. Oh, yeah, dude, for sure. You know, Joey Janela wouldn't have blocked me. He would have just gone and killed himself, you know, which I wish he would have. Um, but so. <laughs> Whoa, too soon, man, too soon. Yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, man, it's like, what, 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 what could you possibly hope to if you're if you're getting in a in a in a job where you're in the public eye you know that if that happens now maybe 40 years ago it wasn't as easy but but now you know what people are going to do she's young enough to know she's never been alive without the internet you know true she's she's never been alive one moment without the internet so you kind of know how things are and you can't be you know putting yourself out there like that if you're if you're so fragile as to let these nobodies and I and they are nobodies, trust me. Uh yeah. You know, make you feel like feel bad like that, you know? There's a there, there was a there's a great quote I remember hearing um from Jay Moore. I don't know if Jay Moore came up with the quote. I don't remember if he came up with it or if he's just repeating it because somebody else said it and he liked it. But he he would always say whenever stuff like this came up about people that, you know, get online and talk trash, he said, do you think Michael Jordan leaves YouTube comments? 
<laughs> I I heard that recently. I don't know if it was on a the Joe Rogan podcast, but that was probably the best analogy I can think of. Yeah. Right. Who who out there that is is like an authority or somebody famous is out there in comment sections or tweeting at certain people, you know, to, just just to hurt their feelings. Um, you know, it's very very few and far between where you're going to see somebody of substance uh, that's worth listening to um, give somebody the kind of harsh critiques that uh, would cause you to take your own life. So even, even that being said, it, there's got to be more to it than that because a well-adjusted person, um, they're not going to go to this extreme. And I know depression is a real thing. So that was probably has something to do with it, but uh, I agree. Uh, unfortunate it's just unfortunate in in the it's unfortunate from every aspect that you look at it's unfortunate that people feel the need to do it like you're just going to get on there and you know even when i was even the stuff i said to janella it was like i'm telling him you know in a, in a mean way but i'm telling him stuff that uh he needs to fix i didn't attack him personally you know i didn't attack his personality or his or his him as an individual i attacked his terrible uh you know wrestling so (laughs) theoretically he can take what i said and uh, and fix it um but that's you know that's different and i did that too also for the purposes of humor not just so i could try to feel like you know uh, a tough guy uh trying to talk shit about people even though again one of the reasons that i did that in the first place was because he said in an interview that pro wrestlers are pussies now. So it was because he said that that made me say, oh, really? So that's that's the kind of thing that, um, you know, but but these people, they're just, they're mean for no reason. And the stuff that people say, like, like I can't believe anybody would just take time out of their day to say it. So it's very strange. And you would think it would be easily ignored because it's so ridiculous. But I guess it's not so easy for everybody. And you see a lot of, I saw a lot after this happened, you know, when I kind of saw Twitter right as it was, uh, you know, becoming news and people were, you know, some of the people I was following were all very upset and they wanted to, you know, I kept seeing a bunch of messages saying like, be kind to each other, you know, all this other stuff. And, um, I'm just going to say right off the bat, dude whatever that's just a bunch of bullshit be kind to each other really nobody that's nobody that would we don't need to hear that because it's cliche yeah well not not just that it's cliche but nobody has ever been an asshole and then saw something like that and changed their attitude there's a reason why people do what they do it's because they're fundamentally fucked up as human beings they didn't learn a lesson because somebody tweeted, be kind to each other. They're like, oh, yeah, I guess I shouldn't have <laughs> sent all those tweets to people I don't know. Uh, you know, I spent my whole afternoon doing that. I, I should rethink my life. That's never happened. The people that the, the people that take that message and take it to heart, they're probably already nice people. And they don't need to be told that. Uh, and the people that don't, they're not going to listen to you anyway. You know, there was even some talk about did you see this where the they um the 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 Japanese um government whatever however set up was looking into 
trying to reform some laws, you know, and regulations of, you know, pertaining to cyberbullying. Like, how, how can you enforce that? You know, like you can't, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Like, Hey, everybody stop be being like, mean or you're under arrest. I, I, kind of like Facebook. Like I think they're, they might monitor it more. And if like, for example, on Facebook, like my son's grandma gets really political a lot and she gets put in Facebook jail quite often. But I think that almost makes things worse. You don't really want to, you know, censor things too bad. I think, you know, you're never going to get rid of the bullies. You're never going to get rid of the trolls. I think all you can really do is learn how to put up with them and learn how to deal with it and not let it affect you. That's, I think that's the best thing one can do. And luckily in this day and age, you can really look up to a lot of people and reach out to them. Guys like, I don't know, look at like Roman Reigns, for example. I mean, this guy's been taking a, taking a beating for years by his internet trolls, you know? Um, and, you know, how, how do they deal with it? You know, like Baron Corbett's a good example, too. He likes to, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you follow him, but he does a really good job of trolling the trolls. And it, it almost makes it entertaining. Like, he, he goes right back to them. So, you know, it's, uh, Ryback does the opposite. He, he kind of kills them with kindness. So there's a lot of people you can, you can, you know, look up to and, and, you know, use as, as an example on, on what to do in, in this scenario, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I'm sure a lot of the people don't spend nearly as much time, uh, looking at social media and replying to it as it might seem like they do. Like, do you think Roman yeah. Reigns is really just sitting there looking at comments all day? No, of course not. Well, after all these years of being trolled, I'm sure it's just, uh, he's probably just numb to it, you know? Yeah. But anyway, this is, this is the point is that if you're going to be in this business, you need to have thick skin. You just need to be, you just need to know that, you know, these things are going to happen and it's okay. It doesn't make them true. The things that people say doesn't mean they're true. So don't feel bad about those people. If your family and close friends are telling you these kind of things, then you might want to think about it, you know, but for the people that you've never met that don't know you and don't know your story and are just doing it just to do it, you know, the real reason they do it is because that's the closest they're going to get to fame. You know, like if you, if you tweet at somebody or po leave a comment on somebody's page or something, um, that's as close to famous as those people are going to get. So they're hoping for a reply or they're hoping for some, some sort of acknowledgement, you know, and who could, who could, uh, I wonder how those people feel that, uh, Kimura killed herself knowing that they may have tweeted some mean things to her. Like how, how must yeah. that feel? You know what I mean? And what was it? What were they even being mean about? Some fake reality show? Probably. It probably wasn't about her matches. It was probably because they thought she was some way on this show, which I never even heard of. What the hell is Terrace House? Sounds fucking made up. Yeah, I think it's a Japanese reality show. I don't, I don't think we got it here. I'd be curious to see, just out of curiosity, I'd be curious to see uh, what were said in these tweets. You know, how, how harsh were they and whatnot? Especially, especially like if the people, people in Japan, you know, this, this country is like the most polite country in the world. So what what must a what must a, a mean tweet sound like from a Japanese person? <laughs> I know even they, Japan they probably said her, they probably said her shoes didn't match her dress or something. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know, but again, like it can't just be that that she she probably had some issues before, and um, you know, it's this this does happen, but um, it, sh it shouldn't happen. You you gotta you gotta be tough. If, 
you know, it's it's a tough enough business as it is without that stuff. Then that stuff's like the cherry on top of the tough business, you know, after you've done all the traveling and the bumps and the, you know, the training and the diet and all this other shit that you got to do to be a public figure like that, doing that job. And then as a nice little as a nice little garnish, then you get the people they're just tweeting you shit for no reason. Um, but well, condolences to yeah. the friends and family of Hana Kimura. And uh, we'll never know, you know, if she would have ever blown up to a degree to where she could have made a splash over here, but, uh, yeah. sucks. Yeah, man. Well, is, um, is that about it? Yeah. That's log off for the news. Okay. Well, I don't have any, it was another, uh, pay-per-view episode of dark. So I barely watched any of it. Uh, yes. I did have I did have a chance to see um, Brandon Cutler. He came out with his twenty sided die as bigger Ooh. than ever. You know who Brandon Cutler is. <laughs> you know who Brandon Cutler is. Uh, just, he's like yeah, and then he got to he they're they're trying to do like a storyline with him now on these dark matches where he's looking for a win and Peter Avalon's making fun of him for not having a win, which I don't know if Peter Avalon's got a win either, so that's kind of funny, but. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. This ain't the right guy. His promos are the shits. His wrestling's the shits. I don't know if Brandon Cutler's want to anything you want to do. Anybody you want to do anything with? I hope he doesn't kill himself if he hears me say that. Uh, <laughs> he is two contract color. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't really have anything on that. So I guess we could go to Dynamite now and take a break after. So, uh, yeah, this Dynamite, this is the go-home show for the Double or Nothing pay-per-view. First impressions, what do you think? Did they do a good job? I mean, you were going to buy the pay-per-view anyway, or whatever you did. But did this show do an adequate job of uh, trying to uh, generate interest for buys for this pay-per-view that had the nerve Um, to be $50 in a pandemic? Yeah. I'm going to say, I don't think they did an awful job, but I also don't think they necessarily sold me fire on the fence. I think this fan base, people like me, it's different. I think we already, we're either going to buy it or not. I don't think, I don't think we're watching the Gome show and necessarily deciding, you know, it's just, I think this is a different fan base. So do you think that mentality is kind of an excuse for why all these go home shows suck a dick? No, definitely not an excuse. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, do you, what I mean is, do you think that's what they tell themselves? Like, well, we don't have to put any effort. People don't watch go home shows and decide whether to buy the pay per view or not. You think that's the attitude that WWE and AEW are kind of putting forth? Because that's what it seems like. It seems like they couldn't care less if they got a pay per view coming up. Yeah, I don't know what the. Uh, I'd like to hear what like Vince Russo's go home pay per view formula would be. You know, like what, like what do you do? You know, like like a cliffhanger, um, you know, I just, I'd be curious. I'd have to watch old shows on when they were really good. And what do those go home? What do those go home shows look like? You know, I've just, it's been so long, you know, I forget. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh, So I'll tell you what's on this one though. Um, Start off the dark order. uh, We send about, we send uh, 10 down to fight John Moxley. 
Uh, it, it didn't work out, actually, for us. It, it didn't work out the way we wanted it to. Um, Moxley beat his ass. And then uh, after the match, he kind of, I don't know if you noticed this, but like he threw the chair in, you know, they throw the chair over the top rope from the outside uh, so yeah. it can land in the ring. Well, it hit 10 right in the face. Um, yeah, that was slow. I mean, that, I doubt that was intentional, but that's kind of just slow. No. I don't know. no, it wasn't intentional. He probably didn't think anything of it. He just haphazardly tossed the chair over and it hit it hit 10 i don't know if it hit him in the face um it might have it might have hit him in the arm whatever the point is it hit him and he sold it uh but you know this was the this was the uh, after that john grabbed another chair and he this time he just slid it in he didn't throw it over because he saw it he knows yeah. what he did Oops. yeah uh, uh, so yeah, they, then they did that whole thing where it's like, Hey, I'm going to break his arm. If you don't come down here and give me my belt, whatever. What'd you think of all this shit? Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of struggle through these, through any Moxie segment, you know, um, same hmm. as you, I think I just, uh, I don't know, man. Um, I, I, I like him as a heel better. Um, but in general, this Moxie just doesn't, just doesn't do it for me. You like him as a heel? When's he ever I, been I like, I like him. You're right. He's been a babyface most of his career. Ironically, I think he's I think he's more natural as a heel. Um, I used to watch his FCW stuff as a heel. I thought he he was really good, uh, really good as a heel. I think naturally. Yeah. Well, there is good news though. Um, the Jack Dads are back in the audience. <laughs> Wait, oh. the Jack Dads. Um, who is that again? You don't know the, you don't remember the Jack I, Dads? I, I, They've been I gone so long. I, I, I oh yeah, 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 yeah. Butcher and Blade, you're right. I, I saw. I'm like, didn't that's how long it's been? I saw them in the crowd. I'm like, I, I didn't recognize them at first. Yeah, they, they seem to have abandoned the gimmick because they're dressed like normal dudes. They they really are dressed yeah. like Jack Dads now. And uh, what's funny still is that um, one of the other dark matches I watched from this week's episode, which would have been you know, the matches from before this episode of Dynamite, Allie came out as Allie. And she was she had an apple. And she was eating the apple. What? Yeah, she was eating the apple during QT Marshall's match. And QT Marshall was distracted by Allie eating the apple. And the announcers called her Allie and pointed out that she was eating an apple and that that was QT's gimmick. And he was very confused. And he was like, I saw him mouth like, why'd she have the apple? Uh... It's like he really was selling it. Um, so I don't know if she's the bunny anymore. She could just be Allie oh. now. And that whole thing could be over because they realize that stupidness not going anywhere and they never won a damn match anyway. Well, they uh, yeah, they didn't do much. I thought I always felt they could have done more with it. I think the guys are, are pretty solid. Uh, the, the group, I think, is unique. I think they could have done more creative stuff with the gimmick, but they didn't. And they kind of booked them to lose all the time. And, you know, I guess it's time for a change, but... Well, that with Braxton Sutter wearing that gimp mask with like the zippers and shit, he should have been in the Dark Order. But it well kind of reminds me of uh, remember who was it? Um, damn it, um, uh, Damager. What was her names in in SmackDown? The Basham. It was, uh, yeah, the Basham brothers, uh, and they had a uh, Shaniqua with them. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of similar gear, almost like weird sexual bondage kind of stuff. I thought they could have kind of gone to, gone down that route. It wasn't kind of. They literally had ball gags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, nobody wants to see that, really. Uh, I don't think. 
And uh, well, anyway, let's move on. Uh, so MJF has a match with Marco Stunt. And before I say anything, what did you think? I like the match uh, more so MJF. Uh, watching him, he's just like the epitome of like less is more. You know, just how to get your character over. He's not doing anything crazy. Uh, he's just really solid. Uh, I, I, I'm a Marco Stunt fan. I like the I like the match in general. I, I I thought it was good. Okay, there's only one thing wrong with this match, and that is that it makes everybody else look stupid for having any kind of a match with Marco Stunt now, because he did the match the way it was supposed to be done, and then a guy like Lance Archer. You know, get, gave he gave Marco Stunt even more offense in that match than MJF gave him in this match. So I don't think MJF cares because he's out for you know he, he seems to be looking out for number one as a, as a shoot and as a work. Um, but yeah, as a match, if you took it in a vacuum, this would be a if someone was just watching this, they used to watch wrestling back in the day, they'd probably think AEW was a cool new company because it was near it was nearly perfect given the situation uh, most like most of Marco stunts offense actually came from MJF hurting himself. You know, it'd be like him going for a move and then, you know, Marco gets out of the way and he hits the stairs or that, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you can just tell based on the matches you've seen both these guys have, that's probably MJF's idea because you look at what Marco contributes to the match. Here's an example. So MJF, uh, MJF gives him an eye rake and then snapmares him over. So as after he snapmared, uh, Marco, first thing Marco stunt does is brush the hair out of his face. Then he goes back to remembering that his eyes were just poked. So think about that for a second. You just got poked in the eyes. So you can't fucking see. So why do you need to move the hair out of your face? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how, that's how dumb these motherfuckers are. Um, do, you ever, do you ever think it's something they're told, like, "Hey, the camera has to see your face," so it's kind of like a kind of a weird catch twenty two where it's like, "You're damned if you do, damned if you don't." I think the camera should see your face, but if you're if you're hurt and selling, and they don't see, it's, like, they don't see it in the, the moment. There, yeah, yeah, it's okay to do that, you know. You, yeah. but you, the problem is you can still see their face. But they still brush the hair out of their face. I've seen Joey Janela brushes the hair even when the hair's not in his face. He just does it. It's like a reflex. <laughs> and he's not the only one. He's the worst one, but he's not the only one. Roman Reigns used to have a huge problem with that. Huge problem. He's, he's since taken care of it a little bit. Uh, he doesn't really do it as much anymore. But, you know, there was a time there when he was first kind of in the main event babyface spot where he would just he was constantly like brushing the hair out of his face um yeah, he, I remember was, that. he was always like licking his lips and he was always uh like trying to pull his vest down over his stomach because he had like some sort of body dysmorphia where he thinks he's fat so he like kept trying to like pull his pants up or pull his vest down or something just like hide his gut which he didn't have so he he's he's cured himself of all those three things now but it was rough for a while. Uh, but anyways, that's what I'm saying. Like, even if you even if you have to sell, even if you have to um, brush the hair out of your face, 
Uh, even when it finally makes the least sense it could ever make when like you couldn't see, you got poked in the eyes, you can't see. So what is the, what is hair being in your face going to, you know? Yeah, whatever. yeah. But anyway, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what Marco's stunt contributes to the match. Um, and then, you know, so other stuff that MJF is contributing is like when he grabs his hand and sticks, sticks his, makes Marco stick his own finger in his own nose. And then, uh, then he sticks a finger in Marco Stun's mouth. So he, he basically made him eat his own boogers. Um, you know, that's, that's the kind of shit that MJF does or little things like when he wins with the Fujiwara arm bar and Marco Stunt's tapping out and they ring the bell, but before he lets go of his arm, he bites his fingers, you know? Yep. I wonder who MJF studies. Uh, cause he's so young. You know, you got to think, you know, he started watching wrestling 2004, you know what I mean? Like, but you know, he's, I bet he's, he's, you know, studying like Flair and Mr. Perfect. And this is the way, this is the way his, his working style is, you know? Well, I mean, he's, he's got to be studying lots of things, but you know, even like Flair and Perfect, I don't, I never seen him do this. I never seen him do this stuff, you know, it's like he's doing something almost completely different. I'm sure he got it from somewhere. But it's probably something that's less obvious. You know, anybody can watch a Mr. Perfect match, but I don't remember Mr. Perfect making people eat their own boogers or fighting people's <laughs> fingers like that. Like, yeah. he wasn't that kind of a heel. He was more like, the, I'm better than you heel. So there's that, which MJF has that aspect of it. But in the ring, Mr. Perfect would, he would cheat and stuff like that. But he didn't like, he wasn't like viciously dirty like that, it seemed like. So I don't know. But. He definitely studies something, and um, and then they went they went for the spot where they was gonna punch him with the ring afterwards, and you know Marco Stunt fucked that up too because he he kayfabed the punch before it landed, so it just looked stupid. Uh. This this is the guy, as as Jim Cornette said, this is the guy who like dives off of things through tables, but he's scared of a punch, a working punch. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we had. Uh, then we, so we have Arnon versus Jake in a in a promo battle, I guess. I guess that's what you'd call it, where they sit at the table and, you know, do a promo at each other. Uh, I didn't know those guys had never worked together before. That was interesting. Yeah, they kind of never did. I wonder if there's a little heat with Jake because of the DDT, you know? Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. Because that was Jake's finisher, and Arnon used to do it as like a double down, right? No, Arnon uses a finish. Oh, was it as a finish? Yeah. Oh, it was a, no, it was a near fall. I don't think he finished anybody with it. But but I remember I remember Arn would always, kind of like Jake, he would just kind of hit it out of nowhere. He had a good DDT. Yeah, no, the 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 DDT was Arn's finish. Was it really? Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. I know you'd think it was the spine buster. Spine but, buster. Okay. Yeah. But not really. No, he used the finish as as uh, at least he has you know multiple times. I don't know. I don't know if he went back and forth between the two or three different moves that he used, but um, he also didn't win very much, so it didn't really matter. Do you think, think Arn is as great as people say he was? Uh, people put him over a lot. Do you think he really was that good? In the ring? Yeah, just in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. You don't remember? Even at uh, the end of well, his career, sure. like in WCW, like you could still see he had it. My My earliest memories of watching wrestling were Four Horsemen. I think that's kind of when I started. But I remember, yeah, I, I remember just kind of, I'd have to go back and watch it now, but I remember uh, 
um, thinking he was pretty good. Yeah, arm was arm was very good. And so this, you know, before it could get physical, the referees came in the ring. Uh, so I was like, so where's Nyla Rose? She could get rid of all these refs, you know, instantaneously, but she had her own stuff to worry about. So then we had orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix. Okay. Well, this match is whatever, but the, the real story is the post match, uh, which is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I know I keep saying, I feel like I say that all the time, (laughs) but it, it really is like, I, they keep setting new low bars. Um, but this one, it's usually I'm talking about something psychology-wise. This, oh, man. So after the match, you know, of course, they got to get everybody that's going to be in that ladder match out there so they can do some schmoz bullshit, right, where everybody starts diving on people and everybody just gets up and catches them, right? That yeah. old spot. Well, this starts with Phoenix uh, doing some ridiculous Phoenix move and then basically going splat right on the floor when no one catches him. Like he, he's in the ring, jumps up on the rope, does a bunch of jumpy flippy twist things. Like I said, Phoenix stuff. And then he, he, he jumps on the crowd and just goes like basically straight down. Like maybe hits somebody with their legs a little bit and no one catches him. And he just bam, right to the mat, right to the fucking. He's the new, uh, he's the new boy that went splat on the disco list. Yeah, man. I don't remember if it was a splat, like the sound, but it looked like a splat. That's for sure. It was, rough. It was gross, man. I was like, what are you, first of all, what are you all doing? Like you six guys, can you just please catch this guy? And, and I, I can understand like looking up at him in the air and being like, I have no idea what he's about to do. So like, I can understand the confusion there. I really can. Nonetheless, um, I don't care. Like, I'm going to make sure I get under that guy because I would hate for somebody to not feel the same way about me. Um, yeah. So, but that wasn't enough. Uh, while he's on the floor, like writhing in pain, Colt Cabana comes out and he's got his spot where he's going to do a moonsault, which he, you know, Colt Cabana doing an acai moonsault to the outside. You didn't really think you'd ever see that. Um, he's but he a almost, big guy. He's, a, he's, a, he's a bigger guy. That's, he's kind of big to be doing a, doing a big moonsault like that yeah well not everybody was really up and ready so he just does his moonsault nobody really catches him he hits the ground he almost hits phoenix who's still on the ground yeah he like he hit him um (laughs) then oh that that's not enough either serge we got more so then, then the best friends they take uh orange cassidy and like launch him into a tope and uh, that he overshoots all the people, and then he hits his legs on the rail, <laughs> or as I like to call it, the Kenny Omega. Um, fucking what were these? Like, what was this? What was the point of this? This was the worst one of these I've ever seen. Now, I never like them because I'm just always like, okay, I get it. You all want to jump on a pile of guys, and it's fun. But normally, when they do that, the guys are there, they're ready, and it looks fake. But at least it seems like they basically catch the guys. This, it looked like nobody was even standing up or in position, and the guys were like, oh, it's my spot. I'm going anyway. What did they, did they, did they get told they were short on time and they had to hurry up? I mean, why were they jumping onto guys that weren't ready repeatedly? Yeah, seemed kind of rushed. Yeah, man. Oh, is that how they sell pay-per-views now? They're like, well. Um, These are one of those spots. They, they, need to, they need to do away with these spots, man. I mean, like, 
even if you hit the moves perfectly, you can't not see the guy standing there waiting to catch them. It doesn't get anybody any more over. It's dangerous. People are getting hurt. It's, you know. Well, for, well, forget that part of it. You see it every single week. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's like a headlock now. It's basically a headlock. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I will uh, say that I, I like the Phoenix match a lot. I, I thought that was a really good match. Uh, Orange Cassidy, when he gets into, when he puts it in the fifth gear and he starts working a competitive match, it's, he always does pretty good. It's pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, I mean, Phoenix is good every time as well. So I, I like the match a lot. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like this match at all. It was just a bunch of stuff happening. There was nothing to it. It was like, just moves. Just moves. Like your typical. To, to me, it's to be a, a like a luchador in a mask, it's kind of hard to stick out. Because to me, they all kind of just are the same. But Phoenix does a good job of like character work and the little things in between moves to where he really differentiates himself from every other Mexican dude in the mask, in my opinion. I think he's probably one of the best out there that I've seen. Uh, that's your opinion. I don't agree with you at all. I don't think he does really? anything to separate himself. What what he does to separate himself out is the crazy bullshit that he does off the ropes and everything. Because he's, yeah, I mean, he's well, very so athletic kind of... stuff, but I don't see... I don't see him have personality. He doesn't have any per. What's his I What's do. his character? What's his character? What is well, his character? Well, look at Grand Metalik, who also doesn't impress with stuff, but Grand Metalik doesn't stop in between the moves to do something, whereas Phoenix does. He he does like little gestures, little body language stuff in between the moves, which to me, um, that's what separates him from you know from everyone else. I don't know. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have said Grand Metalik's a good example of it either. I well, kind good, of just think of the same. Of a, he's a good example of someone who could do really impressive stuff, but doesn't get any character over in between the impressive stuff. Yeah, that's why I think Phoenix is. I really do. But his impressive stuff is different because people are copying him now. I don't see any. You know, like everybody wants to do that spot now where they. Uh, you know, like they're standing on the top rope and then they drop down to the second rope and jump back up to the top rope. You know, yeah. like I, 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 he may not have invented that, but he's the first person I saw do it. And now I see like girls trying to do it, you know, and fucking it up too, by the <laughs> way. Uh, yeah. So, but anyways. As, as Disco says, they're just not as athletic as the men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the men, the men fuck it up too now. Let's, let's be fair. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just, so there's that, and then that does, you know, your your, your boy, the charismatic and um, different Phoenix, uh, is injured now because of that stupid shit that he did where he landed. Yeah, he was he was actually injured, and he missed the pay-per-view. So, you know, too bad if anybody wanted to see that match. Um, if you, they wanted to see him in the, uh, was it he was going to be in the ladder match, right? Yeah, that well, was a bummer. Too not, bad. Only, not only did he miss the pay-per-view, but he was replaced by Joey Janela. It's like throwing salt on a wound. Yep. So the the only thing is like the only thing we can say is like maybe he only got hurt a little bit, just enough to miss this pay per view. But God knows what he would have done if he was on the pay per view. He might have killed himself. Um, you know, like like as if he read a mean tweet about him. Uh. So speaking of people getting hurt, now we got the tag team match where you got Sheeta and. Uh, Statlander against Nyla Rose and the good doctor. <laughs> okay. 
who's supposed to have a match on the pay-per-view, right? Yep. Dr. Break, Dr. Baker was supposed to fight uh, Chris Statlander on this pay-per-view. So it's basically like this, this is, this is a tag preview, new Japan style. And, um, the way Dasha announces, uh, Sheeta's name, I think it has heat with me. Well, she kind of like Dasha's every, everybody's name that Dasha announces kind of has heat with me. I don't like the way she does it. Doesn't um, she say heat to Sheeta? Yeah. But just the way she says it, you know, it's like annoying, I guess. She has heat with me. She's like, she's, she's like. Hikaru Shida. It's like, why do you say it like that? But that's how she says everybody's name. So she's just not very good at announcing. Was it? Was is, is there some reason Justin Roberts isn't there? Like, is he? Is he like scared of uh, the coronavirus or something? Yeah, I was just gonna ask. Maybe he's, I guess, in quarantine. I don't know. All right. Well, who cares? This is this match was too long. This tag team match was too long again. But. Well, really, what the, the real story of this is they just, uh, you know, they <laughs> Statlander takes Nyla Rose and just dumps her on Britt Baker in the corner and hurts Baker. So I guess yeah, she landed I, I on her leg the, or something, right? Did she land yeah, on her leg? I, I watched it again. I had to see where the injury happened. It was it was that bump right there. Here's the deal, man. Um, Nyla Rose is just too heavy to be doing spots like that, dude. I mean... That's like throwing the big show on top of me, like like literally. We're talking over hundred pound weight difference. And like I, I saw a couple weeks ago, Natalie Rose, she was working in enhancement talent and did like a swan a senton bomb. It's like when you weigh that much and you're and you're working people that much lighter than you, like yeah, I don't think you really you really shouldn't be doing moves like that. Right, you shouldn't. I mean, this one was Stats' fault though. I mean. You, you could take the heavy, fat person and you could put them anywhere you want. And she chose to deposit her right on Britt Baker's knee, which would not have been the spot. I mean, it's your standard somebody sitting in the corner and gets a Death Valley driver put on them. You know, it'd be the same as yeah. like when Kevin Owens does the cannonball. You yep. know, Kevin Owens does a cannonball, runs and hits you with his whole fat body. But it's okay. You can take it. But if Kevin Owens just ran at you and then jumped on your knee, you know, you might break your leg. This is, it all depends on what he does. So that could have been a broken leg. Yeah, she got lucky. Yeah. So stat. So Statlander has the job of. Yeah, you, know, you shouldn't have done the spot anyway because no one really cares. But I mean, she had the job of depositing Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose can't do anything about it. She's up on her shoulders. You know, it's in a fireman's carry. What's she gonna do? She's not in control of the bump anymore. So it's well, not it her stat, fault. It was Statlander and Sheeta. They were both carrying her. Oh yeah, both. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Also, you know, Britt Baker could could have adjusted her body as well, but I mean, you know, it's easy to say when you're not when you're not in the move, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's her. It, it is her fault too for agreeing to it for not for not being in position correctly, and it's everybody's fault for for the whole thing coming together the way it did. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, it is what it is. It happened, and we've seen Britt Baker. Britt Baker's not experienced, man. Four years, but like that's not four solid years. You know, it's not like she's been up and down the roads wrestling, you know, f- seven days a week and twice on Sunday, you know, yeah. it's, it's not that it's like I start like my first wrestling class was four years ago. That's when it, that's what you start counting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's probably had like a, like a couple hundred matches, if that, and she probably wasn't properly trained to begin with. 
And she just she just makes it clear that she doesn't know. Like when she, her nose got broken, that match with Sheeta, it wasn't necessarily Sheeta's fault. It's uh, it's her fault for moving her face. So, hey, before AEW, where was Britt Baker? Does she work Impact or Ring of Honor or something? Never heard of her. Okay, interesting. She was doing. She must have, she must have she been so indies. She's doing yeah. indies in Pittsburgh. Yeah, she's Adam Cole's friend. Um. Anyway, so, yep, and then, so then we, we got a thing, like, we're, we're going to have the, the stadium stampede, and they're trying to hype it up, and there's, like, a schmoz at the end. Any thoughts on this? Um, yeah, it was all right. I mean, you know, they're kind of teasing the match and whatnot. I don't even remember what they did. What did they do? Uh, they were kind of just putting the beat down on Kenny Omega, and they were kind of just having just a... Oh, yeah, they were in the stadium, right? Yeah, in the stadium, just having a big street fight. I heard Matt Jackson injured his rib on the crossbody, but he seemed, he seemed to be all right. Oh, you mean the one where he, like, jumped off the thing and missed everybody? Yeah, Alvarez was saying that he may have broken a rib, but he ended up making the pay-per-view and looked fine, luckily, so. Yeah, well, you couldn't have a third person miss the pay-per-view for fucking up, could you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, anyways... Double or nothing. We'll talk about that later. In fact, we'll save that for the main event. Um, I will say I noticed the Sean Spears segment. He's doing the uh, Sean Spears news gimmick. I saw on Twitter, uh, Abraham Washington um, apparently was kind of wasn't too happy about that. Apparently, he he's been doing that. Have you seen him do that gimmick on Twitter where he does the news, but it's like a news parody? Oh, yeah, it's really good. It's entertaining. Uh, he really kind of pushes the envelope, you know, kind of like he did with WWE, his, the gimmick he did there. Um, but apparently he had mentioned that he had set footage into uh, AEW with that same gimmick, and he says they kind of took it and gave it to Sean Spears, so he wasn't really happy about that. It's unfortunate. Unfortunate if true. Yeah, 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 if true, it's unfortunate. All right, well... I'm surprised, I'm surprised that guy didn't get another shot. You know, he's... Especially right now, he's super fucking jacked, dude. He's like 280. Um, you know, such good promo skills, good athlete. He, he didn't really get the run, um, or at least a second chance, you know. I know he's trying to get back into it. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really. I don't know. I can't, I can't add anything to that. I don't know why. I mean, when he, I mean, when he, he crashed and burned and he crashed and burned royally, you know. So, I mean, not everybody, not everybody, um, gets a second chance, but you certainly have less of a chance of getting a second chance if you fuck up like that. For anybody that doesn't remember, he he used to do this gimmick where he was a manager and he had like a live house mic on his face, you know, like one of those headset mics and he would talk during the matches. I don't even remember who he was managing at that point. Do you? Uh, man. Like it Darren Young a, or something? No, it wasn't Darren. Yeah, I, well, I want to say it was like a black tag team. Was it maybe Titus oh. O'Neil? No, who was the... Uh, primetime players? Uh, no. Yeah, what's the prime, it must have been primetime players. It, yeah, well, wh- whoever it was, it doesn't yeah, really yeah. matter. He's he's just like... He's like... he He's um 
he he was out there and he was always like saying a bunch of stuff and just trying to be entertaining. And one of the things that he said, and again, this is on the live microphone, was uh it was uh he goes he so and so is like Kobe Bryant in a Colorado hotel room, unstoppable. So referring to Kobe Bryant's rape allegations from that wasn't even a topical <laughs> that wasn't even like a topical burn. It was like from years before. So like no one was talking about that anymore, and he brought that up. So I don't know, but yeah, that that, that couldn't have. Uh, yeah. How do you, how do you want you know you're not gonna bring somebody back like that that can't be trusted. So when your gimmick is to freestyle on a live mic, it's kind of hard to not have something controversial slip, you know. No, it's really not. It's actually not. <laughs> it's very easy to not have something controversial slip. That's not something he came up with on the spur of the moment. I promise you that. He wrote that down and was waiting yeah, to I guess, use it. Yeah, I guess he had it in his back pocket. That makes sense. Yeah, he, trust me. I mean, you know, he he was in the same beginner's class as me. So we started at the same time. So I know this guy. I've heard his promos from day one. Um, he's not that good at coming up with stuff off the cuff. So. But, you know, we're good at uh, coming up with is a break. So we're going to come up with this break here and then we'll be right back and we'll continue talking about NXT. All right. So this episode of NXT opens with your favorite, Sergio. Carrying Cross. Yes. So, I'd, I'd be uh, curious. I'd, I'd I'd be curious to see. I, I guess AEW won the ratings again, but I'd be curious to see what the opening segment did. You know, starting off with the cross promo, because I think a lot of fans are kind of going back and forth, flip, flipping around. You know. No, probably not. Probably think? not doing that. No, I don't think anybody flips channels anymore. They're watching one. They'll watch the other one later. I guess. Yeah, that's pretty much what they do. That's what I you, do. See, so yeah, makes sense. Even back in the day, like. I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't flip back and forth, but that's because we had the West Coast time. So I would watch Nitro at five and then watch Raw at eight. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, you know, what, the funniest thing about here's what I like about Cross's entrance. He does his whole entrance and it's pretty spectacular, right? If you haven't seen it, if you want to watch it, just find it somewhere and then watch it. And so he does this whole entrance and then. There's like they get in the ring and there's all this smoke and shit and everything and they're doing their poses and Scarlet's writhing around like a snake and just pretending to sing the song and all this other stuff and he's standing there looking mean and like it's just them two and then as soon as then they they cut to a close up and then when they cut back and the bell's ready to ring there's a jobber in the ring well, he wasn't there before like when they first got there so he's already out there. Then they're in the middle of their entrance, and at some point he like sneaks in the ring and stands in the corner. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, is that funny? Yeah, you? yeah. Uh, it didn't. It didn't really. I don't think. I don't think it registered. But uh, now that you're saying it out loud, I, I don't. I don't think I thought much of it. Especially, <clears throat> especially the, uh, you know, this this second week here that he's done this, where the guy was like, I was looking for the guy. I was like, well, no one can follow this entrance, right? And he's probably just gonna beat up a job guy again. So I'm like looking for the guy in the ring and he's not in there. And then, you know, when they cut back, he is in there. So I'm like, ah, that's great. 
you know, they, you know, they're telling us they're, they're like, stay small, dude. This isn't about you. This is about cross. <laughs> right. You would think he would be waiting outside the ring to even get in. Like they would show him getting in. Yeah. Like, yeah. That like, would make more are, sense. Yeah. You know, but he just, he just, he just materializes <laughs> in the ring and he's already in there looking scared. So it's like, what? anyway, I noticed uh, Scarlett's not singing anymore. She's not like, you know, uh, lip syncing the, the music anymore. You notice that? She did well. She she didn't at first, but then she started to later. So she did like half of it this time. Maybe next week, maybe tonight. Uh, she won't do any of it, but she likes to say the chorus or whatever, whatever they're saying. I don't even remember. Yeah, the end is near or something. Yeah, then so uh, fa- so Phantasma wins block B, I guess. Yeah, is that what that means? Okay, he won. Phantasma won block B. Still not impressed. Dude, I'm uh, very unimpressed. I'll be honest. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I don't know. He's just kind of there. He hasn't done much so far. But, I mean, it's weird It's weird how, they, how they're deciding to present this guy. He's even talking. Like, when he's talking to, you know, he beats Akira Tozawa, right, to get this, get this block B win. And Tozawa's Japanese. And, uh, you know, Phantasma is obviously Mexican, right? So when he's talking to Tozawa, he's speaking Spanish to him. And I'm like, look, both of you speak English. And you would think one guy speaks Japanese, one guy speaks Spanish, obviously meet in the middle and you both speak English, right? So he's talking to him and he's talking to him in Spanish. I'm like, that would have been a good way to a good natural organic way to prove that you could speak two languages to the people that didn't know. So yeah. Well, the NXT wants us to believe like he doesn't speak a lick of English. Which yeah, make I mean, any yeah. For what? I mean, what, what yeah. For what purpose? So anyway, eh, it doesn't matter. We get a big long vignette of uh, Shotzi uh, driving a tank around or riding a tank around. So um, what'd you think? Are you still not? Not a fan of Yeah, still not a fan, but I did think the vignette was cool. It, it, it was, was good. It was kind of funny, but I, I will you know, in fairness, um, it was cliche city. Like she was like everything she said was just like you know, oh, her whole gimmick is like a bunch of gimmicks, but every gimmick is like a cliche. She's like, This is my catchphrase, T C B taking care of business. You know, it's like taking care of business. That's a, like what, what that's so average wait what did she say uh eat my tank yeah uh eat my tank um she's uh what's what she uh she was like she was like driving over cars and acting like they were um you know other women in the division uh and saying funny stuff i don't remember what any of it was now but i will say all the all of it is better than gram time i'll I'll give it that okay all right (laughs) yeah well so, um, Santana Garrett is, uh, wearing a special referee gear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, why would you, why would you choose? Like, you look like either a referee or a Beetlejuice or something. Like, why would anybody choose vertical black and white stripes for gear? Like, unless you are a referee. Uh, that was so bizarre to me. If, uh, if Wonder Woman were to become a referee, that's what it was. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, that's the only note I have. I don't remember who she worked or what happened, but it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, it was a uh, well, Mia Yim, unfortunately. 
Oh, yes, that's right. They wanted to do a thing with that. All right. Um, and I called it last week. Looks like looks like they're headed towards uh, Gargano and Keith Lee, which I think will, I'm actually really excited for that for that feud. <laughs> you're excited. Match, you're excited for a match. Uh, Maverick does end up pulling off the miracle and beating Kushida, which is pretty disgraceful. I would say I, I wouldn't have had this happen this way. Also, there's really? so, so yes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have Kushida lose a Drake Maverick. Like, are you serious? Are you fucking Dude, Drake, serious? Drake Maverick is, is he's a, he's a story of this whole tournament. Who are you trying to come? Like, who? What are you? What are you talking about? The story of this whole tournament. Shut up. What are yeah, you, man. Tom Phillips? Don't, don't say <laughs> dumb shit like that. Trying to sell me on it. Drake Maverick is the Sold. story of this whole tournament, Byron. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, oddly enough, you would think that uh, they don't know how uh, block points work, apparently, because they thought that this means that now there's a three-way tie, so they have to have a three-way match. Well, it's it's really not. I mean, it shouldn't it shouldn't have to be a three-way match because if you beat the if you beat the leader and you have the same score, then you automatically win. That's how it, that's how the tiebreaker works. But you know, what do they do in uh, New Japan? How, how do they how do they do with those tournament scores? They like, don't I said, like I said, if you're tied with if you're tied with somebody, you like whoever won whoever won between the two people who are tied, obviously that person wins, right? Okay. Because so, even if you have the same amount of points, but you beat the other guy, so you win. See what okay. I mean? That's a tiebreaker. That makes more sense. Yeah, that makes more sense. But I can see WWE philosophy doing a triple threat. That kind of that kind of makes sense. Some that's what they would do. But I think I do like the New Japan one better. Yeah, the New Japan one is how real sports do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. when when there's when there's a when, when there's sports teams that have the same record in the division, they have to go by tiebreakers. You know, that's how. That's how it's done. So that's how sports are done. Um, not that they guys know anything about sports, but we'll we'll get to what they don't know about sports in a second. Don't worry, we'll we'll get there. Um, I will say I'm impressed with Drake Maverick's work. Like even in Impact, he's never really wrestled that much, but you can tell, like you know, in a spare time, he's he's really putting putting in that ring work, man, because he's he's pretty solid. Well, that's all he ever wanted to be was a wrestler. But look at him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Or, course well luckily he's so charismatic i don't even want to see him wrestle as good as he is he's just so better so much better at character work yeah 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 so uh then we got the uh we got the uh hyped up eo shirai and rhea ripley match and before i really you skipped over the most important segment i didn't i didn't skip over anything important but go ahead the cam and grams promo it's grand time as I said, I didn't skip over anything important. It was so bad I couldn't even fast forward. It was like it was like watching a car crash. I had to stick through every every second. Yeah, talk about cliche city. I mean, oh god, it was awful. Yeah. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Uh, Eo and Rhea, and before they could really even get anywhere with it, I was just like, okay, what's going to happen? Because I'm looking at the, the time that's left in the show. Because if you're DVRing and you're fast-forwarding and stuff, you can kind of see uh, how much time is left. So, sure enough, um, you know, Charlotte interferes, complete with entrance music, by the way. So, we, we've got, we resolve nothing here. 
Um, I guess we'll just have to tune in and find out what happens. I don't know. NXT is just not. Um... Hmm. I don't know. It's not as good it's... as it was. Not as good as it was. It's not bad. Still might be the best, but the best isn't very good anymore. Just not feeling it. Yeah, me neither. Speaking uh, of. Oh, unless you have anything else. Oh, is Takeover coming up? Because I know it looks like they're having Cross and Tommaso, probably Gargano and uh, Keith Lee, Adam Cole. Who's he? Who's Adam Cole defending against? Not mm-hmm. the Velveteen. Hmm. Mm. Um, oh, that's another thing. The the uh, Tommaso came out afterwards and confronted uh, Cross after his quick squash, and he said all this stuff, and then put the mic down, and Cross just looked like a goofball, just standing there staring at him the whole time. Yeah, he did. I will say I liked the uh, Tommaso promo on how he was like putting Cross over. Calling him like the it factor and all that. I thought the uh the the words to the promo were good. Yeah. And then he just stands there like a typical fuck. That's like the classic yeah. classic WWE booking. You know, don't let this guy talk. He's already talked, but don't let him talk now, right? When somebody comes out and addresses him directly in his face. Don't let him talk back. Don't let him retort. Don't let him say anything. Just have him stand there with that stupid face he makes. So <laughs> Yeah, Classic. it didn't, didn't make sense. Yeah. Classic. Right. I shouldn't even gotten in the ring. It should have been it should have been farther apart. Yeah, why wouldn't you just hit him and choke him? Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, anyway, let's move on. Uh SmackDown now. Which um I guess you didn't really you probably didn't watch this episode, did you? No, it didn't get recorded and and I was I got my weeks confused. Although I did read that AJ Styles was uh, traded to SmackDown. Yeah, don't uh, worry, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. I'll just I'll just run through this quickly as I can. There's a there's a segment at the beginning that has Miz. Uh, it's a it's the dirt sheet again. Last week it was Miz TV. They forgot that uh, Morrison's sitting right there, and they have their own segment. It's called the dirt sheet. So, um, you know, they remember that this week. So that's good. That's the only good thing about this, by the way. The rest of it was a bunch of dumb shit, like a bunch of Braun Strowman comes out, there's like puppets talking, there's like a diaper puppet. This is like, this is, I, I hate all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like everything they're doing, um, they're writing this, they think it's entertaining. It's not. It's like for children. This is this is basically for children. I don't even know if children would find it entertaining, but it's definitely on the level of grade school children. And that would be okay. If wrestling was just for kids, then that'd be okay. But you're sending mixed messages because, you know, you, you have all these people on this show that keep saying shit and bitch on your programs. So it's like you have child-level stuff, but you have adult-level language. I, I don't know who is supposed to be watching this and, you know, enjoying themselves. Isn't that like Bruce Pritchard-style creative, though? That weird child yeah. stuff? I mean, it is because he because he thinks I don't know if that's what he really wants to do or if he just thinks that's what Vince McMahon wants him to do. You know, Bruce Pritchard worked at MLW for a very brief period when I first started watching it. And it wasn't no shit like this on MLW. So, you know, I don't know exactly what he was doing, but he didn't try to make a a puppet out of like diapers. Um, (laughs) 
It's fucking terrible. It's terrible. And Braun and Braun's out there just like, you know, he sucks. So he's just out there like trying to play off this. And anyway, he demands a referee so that he can fight Miz. And then he beats the Miz. And then after he beats the Miz, John Morrison challenges Braun to a handicap match for his title um, at Backlash. And Michael Cole says, imagine if that get, that match gets approved. And I'm like, approved? Since when do the wrestlers need approval? I mean, the, Wait, match, that, the match that just happened wasn't approved. Braun Strowman came out and said, give me a referee right now. And they just had a match right there. So now all of a sudden, John Morrison makes a challenge and the match needs to be approved? What the fuck are you talking about? What is happening here? Did you say a handicap match of Backlash? Yes. So Miz and Morrison versus uh, Strowman. Yes, that's kind of weird. What happened? Well, what well, happened? now if if it gets approved, Sergio, yeah. they, I don't know if they're gonna approve it. So why are you booking a tag team versus the real champion? That makes no sense to me. Because because they don't have anybody else to go against them. And what happened to the Fiend? I thought he was still feuding with Braun Strowman. Is, is that is that not the case? Why are you asking me? I don't write this shit. Fuck, I told you they have no they have no idea what they're doing. I say that every single week. It's almost like you never heard me say it, but I'm gonna say it again. They have no idea what they're doing. That's uh, fucking awful, dude. Well, whatever, yeah, you'll watch fucking, it. No, you're gonna watch that's, it. That's like booking Drew McIntyre versus the Street Profits or some bullshit. It's like, come on. Yeah, that that's gonna happen next because you said Christ. that. Well, I like how that's the part. I like how that is the part that you didn't like, not the fact that some guy comes out and says, um, you know, I want to match right now. And then Michael Cole's like, well, if this match gets approved, why don't, why isn't he, why didn't they just show up at backlash <laughs> Braun Strowman? That would have been more, you know, then they could have done it. Uh, uh, yeah. So now AJ Styles, they say is, they just, they just say he's just, he just traded to SmackDown for, uh, uh, and I quote future considerations. Okay. So, I'm always talking about how wrestling needs to be more like a real sport. This is not what I mean by that. Okay. In, in real sports, when you say you trade a player for future considerations, that's basically saying like, you're going to get money or a draft pick or, or something that they just haven't decided on yet. Um, but a team, but a team wants a team wants a player now and they need, they need to work out the details later. So this is fake wrestling. You don't get to, you don't get to use sports terms. Uh, for your stupid ass wrestling show that you don't even understand, you just heard it somewhere. It doesn't make sense for there to be future considerations. What future considerations would you have for AJ Styles? Like, if you're raw, like let's pretend this is real. You're raw. SmackDown calls like, hey, we want to trade for AJ Styles. Like, what are you going to trade us? Like, ah, we'll tell you later. Uh, you can figure that out later. We want him now. You know? Yeah, yeah. That shit ain't gonna happen, dude. So why why are they even trying to get this over? And why am I even? upset about it why do i even care what they do anymore like everything everything doesn't everything means nothing anymore and then there's a then there's a match with bailey and charlotte flair so you didn't watch it um bailey won you can watch the undertaker's last ride on wwe network or you can see him tagging up with dolph ziggler oh no wait that wasn't undertaker that was uh sonia deville in like this long black coat i thought it was the undertaker (laughs) got confused um, hey, did, uh, did AJ AJ and Shinsuke was that for the uh, that was a tournament match, right? Yeah. Uh, who, who went over on that one? Uh, AJ. AJ. Okay. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares about Shinsuke Nakamura anymore? I wouldn't uh, mind seeing uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ in the finals. I don't know if that's 
how it's looking or not. I haven't seen the brackets. They um, they go on to waste a lot of time on the episode. Then they have um, the the main event. It's kind of Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Jeff goes over. So I'm just like, <laughs> what was all this even for? You 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 had us watch all these video packages of Jeff Hardy fucking his life up. So I, I assume they want sympathy and redemption for Jeff. You're supposed to feel sorry for Jeff. So then you just have him you know, beat Seamus with a roll-up as everybody wins every match with a roll-up, right? I mean, okay. So there goes all the sympathy. What sympathy now? What sympathy do I have for Jeff Hardy now that he pinned a guy with a roll-up and he's moving on in this tournament for a secondary championship that no one gives a shit about? What, what is, how does that help Jeff? Why not? Since, since I'm always negative and I want to prove that I can be constructive. So I did a little, you know, like as this happened, and I was like, well, let me think of something better in five seconds. And I wrote it down. So why not have Seamus just beat Jeff in like a couple of minutes, like a, like a straight, straight get over match. And he just slaughters Jeff Hardy. And then he goes on to win the entire tournament and becomes the Intercontinental Champion. Then he rubs that Intercontinental Championship in Jeff Hardy's face. Like he already beat Jeff Hardy, but he's not done with Jeff Hardy. So he just keeps taunting him and. You know, he rubs it in his face. Then they have the match and then Jeff can beat him for that title. And then he's got the redemption story. You know, you can get several weeks of programming out of that. So now you don't have yeah. to worry about Jeff Hardy and Seamus for a few weeks because you got that story taken care of. You're, it could be months even. You, you, you have Seamus do other stuff and then keep saying like, you know, Jeff Hardy, Jeff, Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy. And Jeff Hardy be like, man, why, you know, leave me alone, man. And then, uh, you know, he wins. He, he can finally win. And that's way better than... Whatever. I don't think Jeff Hardy's going to win the belt in this tournament. So what's the point of this? What's the point of going over Sheamus? You just spent all this time trying to get sympathy on Jeff Hardy. So I guess he didn't need it because he can just beat anybody. Well, not just that, too. They're building Sheamus up to be a killer. And they did, the last time he returned, years ago, I remember they were really building him up. He looked like a badass killer. And at one point, I'm like, this could be Brock's next opponent. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you know, he starts losing again. Now Seamus losing again. It's like, well, there goes the momentum he had. Now he's just regular old Seamus again, you know? Yep. <laughs> and a tag team. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that, I'll guarantee you no matter who they have that's going to win that tournament, it's they don't have a plan for after that. No, of course like, not. They might not even know right now who's going to win. But even if they do, they, they don't know what they're going to do after that. So, you know, fuck them. All right, and then we got uh, Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw, Sergio, they finally did it. They finally did it. They got themselves <laughs> an audience. You see it? You see how cute it was, a little audience with the plexiglass barriers, you know, so, so they don't sneeze on the wrestlers. You know, that's so awesome. All these people that are on NXT, including Shotzi Blackheart. So she's just sitting in her green hair. She's had matches on TV. She's contended for, you know, a championship consideration and um she's just sitting in the audience and they'll have to cheer like fucking marks now well so they they made it a point so you didn't you, you didn't see the big nxc stars out there you didn't see undisputed era or keith lee or matt riddle for example but um everyone we saw out there is on tv it's, you know nxt probably has a solid you know 40 some odd 40, 40 some odd people that we've never seen on tv they could have used those guys so I find it weird that we're seeing, you know, Sam Shaw and, you know, Shotzi Blackheart, all these people that we see on yeah. TV as fans 
Although AEW is doing it, so I don't know. It's just it's, it's weird when WWE does it for some reason. Well, most of AEW's people are the job guys, so that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. It's yeah, all just notice, it's uh, all just the job guys and Billy Gunn. But then they do have the other yeah. people. They would have they would have Britt Baker out there. They would have all those guys out yeah. there. Which, but the the point is, they did it first, so they can do it however they want. Yeah. If the WWE would have listened to me back when I said it, they could have done it first. Um, but they didn't listen, obviously. AEW listened and they started doing it. So now the WWE just looks like they finally are just late to the party on something that somebody else already did. Now, did you hear the thing about where Vince McMahon said he didn't think it was a good look for the people to be in the small enclosed arena when they're supposed to be following social distancing guidelines? And that's why they didn't do it? Do you buy yeah, that for a second? No, no, not at of all. Course. Yeah, you think, he, you think Vince McMahon gives a fuck? He doesn't give a fuck. No. So you notice anyway. uh Dan- Daniel Vitted uh got the haircut. Who did? You know Dan- Dan- am, I, am I saying it right? Is it Vitted or Vito? Vito? Uh, Ro- Vito. Ro- you know, remember remember we were uh he looked too much like Roman Reigns that one day? We were uh, like, Dude, this guy needs a haircut. Well, so I probably luckily, I probably didn't recognize him then. Yeah, he got the haircut. He looks better with the haircut anyways. Yeah. So anyways, well, there it is. They did it, so and it was kind of, yeah, I can imagine. And I guess they taped a lot of episodes that day, so they were there all day just filming. And you can just imagine how... Uh, you could tell just in that one episode they were running out of energy. You know, like it just seemed... <laughs> yeah. Like they, they couldn't be bothered to cheer for all these people. Jessamine Duke was there. That's another one. Yeah, okay, yeah, throw her out there. Um, it was just... The whole thing was just whack, you know, but it, it, it was what it was, you know. Even though there's people making noise in there, it just doesn't sound genuine. Doesn't really sound genuine at AEW either. In fairness, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, oh, they're great at being audience members because it's, it's not. It's it's it, it all seems very, uh, as uh, Conan would say, JoJo Dutch. But you know, they they did it, so we're we're going we're going with this now. Um, and uh, Apollo Cruz wins the United States Championship. So. Can you can you believe it, Sergio? Can you believe that when Apollo Cruz started his journey, everyone said he couldn't do it? <laughs> can you believe it? Do you, do you really think that's true either? Do you think anybody was like Apollo was like, uh, "Hey, uh, I think I'm going to go be a wrestler now," and they were like, "You can't do that." Do you think anybody told him that? Any of his family or his friends or whatever? He cut the most generic lying ass promo ever. <laughs> uh, how no one no one thought he could do it. But now he's here and he can stand here today and tell you that he's the United States champion. Like, this is the, he could have done this promo in his sleep. This is the most, it couldn't have been more generic. Um, yeah. But I don't blame him. I'm sure he was handed that, which he didn't need to be handed. They should have just said, Apollo, do that promo. You know the one everybody does. And he'd be like, okay. He probably could have done it, he, but they probably did write it down for him. Um, it's funny too. It's like, did you, what about you? When you said, hey, everybody, I'm going to go be a pro wrestler, did they all say, Sergio, you can't do that? Uh, actually, to be honest with you, yeah, uh, I did get that a lot. From uh, who? You're, From not, who uh, you're not big enough. Uh, good <laughs> luck with that. You know, just a lot of that, a lot of that, you know. Well, maybe you shouldn't have told all your jerk-ass high school friends that you were going to do it. And you just <laughs> told somebody else. I remember, when, I remember when I told people I was going to do it, and they're like, okay. <laughs> even Ken, even Ken Shamrock wouldn't even let me pay him money and join a school. He said, "Gain twenty pounds and come back." Said, yes, sir. 
He's like, he sees you again and he's like, gets a scale out. Like, all right, kid, we'll see about this 20 pounds. Um, well, I, I know Wade Keller was happy because we really got to see the, uh, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat here. Oh, God. We saw Apollo Cruz is so happy, and then they show Andrade backstage throwing a tantrum and breaking stuff. Here's the thing, dude. Like, uh, sorry, the train's going by. Like, I don't. I know they're trying to get Apollo Cruz over, but in my opinion, this isn't how it's gonna. It's not. He's not gonna get over. You know, the best chance they had at ever getting Apollo over was in Titus Worldwide, and they squashed the whole gimmick. At the end of the day, Apollo just doesn't, he doesn't have any personality, dude. You know what I mean? And, and him, you know, winning matches isn't, isn't going to do anything. No. Like, do you agree? Yeah. Well, I've said this a long time ago. I mean, the, the same, they were trying to, they were doing the same thing with Humberto Carrillo. I'm like, he's not going to get over. And, and he didn't. And, and they kind of gave up on that. Uh, and they're doing the same thing with Apollo. It's like, you can get these guys over, but I don't think this is the right formula. Well, the difference there is that Carrillo's been there a few months. Apollo's been there a few years. So it's like, you can't just now decide you're going to start doing something. You should have decided that early on. But it's like they've they've failed so many times with so many people uh, that they have to just basically look at their whole list and be like, all right, well, who didn't we try yet? This is basically what it comes down to. And not not only does Apollo not have the personality, like you said, but even in the ring, like his matches, I'm just like, I'm always like, uh, I get lost. I stop wanting to pay attention when I watch his matches. I don't know what it is. He just not, he's not good. He's not, um, he's not baby face enough to be a baby face. I would hate for him to try to be a heel. I don't know. Maybe okay. that would work better for him, but it's just, I don't want to see that because that's what they do to everybody. So you could put him and Lashley together. He's almost kind of like a mini Lashley. Almost, but not at all. Click on that route. But just because he's bald and black and has a big chest doesn't mean he's Bobby Lashley. He'd be like a mini Lashley, you know? No, I don't even think so. <laughs> but you know, um, he's the United States champion and he's here to stay. Uh, you know, this is funny. Did you see, what about Natalia getting this phone call in the middle of the promo and them trying to like follow her off the screen with the camera like, She's really having a serious conversation. What'd you <laughs> who think called her? Did, did, did they say who called her? Who was it? Yeah, she said TJ. Oh, what is that? Their cat stick or something? I don't know. She didn't. <laughs> she didn't say what he said. She just had to go. And she 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 hung up on him and then went back and uh, went back to the promo and she's like, okay. And then and then um, uh, Charlie was like, we're out of time. <laughs> So she spent her so she spent her promo time on the phone with her husband. It was great. Jeez. Um, the Edge and Orton match is getting an actual promotional graphic that says "Greatest Wrestling Match Ever." How do you feel about that? Um, I think it's kind of silly. Why why are they booking it like that? And what's that supposed to accomplish? Is it supposed to make us want to see it? Um, you know what I mean? Because you know it's it's not going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. No, and you're also setting a high bar for them already before the match yeah. even starts. Like, and also, how are we supposed to take this serious? You know, how how are we supposed to take any of this? You, Ed just sitting there talking about, you know, just he's just delivering a promo 
Like he he's working his ass off to try to sell this thing with these promos that he's doing. And I'm like, it, it's so sad because it's like, this doesn't belong here. This belongs like 20 years ago. Now it's like you guys do fucking money in the bank movie matches with clowns and shit. Like, this, this is not fit with what you're trying to do anymore. So like, I'm just, uh, I can't, I can't take this seriously, but you're trying to sell it to me like a serious. That's why this shit doesn't work. That's why when I, when I cut promos on all these guys and all the stupid shit they do, this is what I'm talking about. When you have something that might've been good. Now, no one takes it seriously because it's surrounded by bullshit. Speaking of which, speaking of bullshit, if if Gronk is going to read cue cards, can you at least hold them up to eye level so he doesn't have to look down at them? I mean, <laughs> please. You can't even get the basic. They can't do they can't do big things. They can't do small details. They're they're com- they're completely lost. Their loss as a company, and even if everything was normal and there was no uh, virus or anything like that going on in the world, this th- this would still be the shittiest shit that they've ever done. They'd just be setting new low bars every week. People or no people, it, it just would be happening. I-, I guarantee you, because everything they do is one more thing that they're they're out of ideas. So, um, and then they so then they talk about. Uh, they <laughs> they have this thing. They're they're getting ready to have the main event, right? Mm. Which was Drew McIntyre and who was it? Some guy. Uh, Drew and Jesus, I forgot already. What was it? So great how like memorable these things are. It was only a couple days ago. Shit. Oh, it was, was it a tag match? No, no, no. MVP and Lashley worked uh, Street Profits, right? Okay, um, that's right. That was the main event. Um, I just assumed Drew McIntyre was in the main event. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. So they 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 get this. Um, they they come back from commercial, and Tom Phillips tells us with with a graphic that uh, Rey Mysterio is going to have a retirement ceremony next week on Raw. Okay, now if you remember, Rey Mysterio had his eye stabbed with stairs before, so yeah. now he's probably gonna have to retire. Uh, and this is all obviously a work, right? So it's not like oh, yeah. we're gonna take this seriously, anyways. But even if we were trying to take this seriously, why would you announce that then? You just you're like Rey Mysterio, and he's like sounding somber about it. Rey Mysterio is gonna have a retirement ceremony next week, and then they just move right yeah. past. Anyway, Street Profits. Like now you have to now you have to no sell that announcement you just made, um, and then talk about this goofy, this goofy match with these guys that were, you know, just playing golf with the uh, the Viking Raiders, mini golf even, uh, where where um, Ivar is pulling turkey legs out of the the putt putt hole, um, and then now we've got to go to that to a Rey Mysterio getting possibly retired, and then back to a match with the same guys that were playing golf with the Vikings. And Bobby Lashley and MVP. So it's very confusing. What are we supposed to, you know, how are we supposed to take any of this? How are we supposed to believe any of this? How are we supposed to be invested in any of this? Why not have the match, have the match with Street Profits, and then you could go off the air with Tom Phillips saying, I've just been told that next week we're going to have Ray Mysterio's retirement ceremony. 
And that is how you end Raw. Because now you're like, what? Rey Mysterio's going to retire. And that's how you end the show. Wouldn't that have been way better? Either that, or they could have made a bigger deal of it and, and threaded Mysterio history stuff throughout the show to really hype it up. But they did it in a very underwhelming way. You're right. They made it seem like it was breaking news, but they already had a graphic prepared. So you know that's horseshit. It's just, like I said, everything they do is bad. It's just like, these podcasts are proof. We're documenting how everything they do is bad. And we don't even talk about everything. I can't be bothered to talk about a three-hour episode of Raw. I just made a few notes, and my notes ran out. So I didn't even take the notes on everything I wanted to, but I don't think there would have been much more to say about this shitty episode of Raw. Do you have anything else to say about it? I'm trying to remember if I missed anything. I can't. I really can't think of anything, dude. Uh, Garza and Kevin Owens, they, are they getting something set up, like a feud possibly? Uh, what feud? He already beat Kevin Owens. He beat him. Yeah. He beat him. It's over. Feud over. Like, think about that. No, no disrespect to Garza, but he's not beat Kevin Owens clean on Raw level. You know, he's not that level right now. Well, he's, he's also just, not that kind of heel. He he shouldn't no. have beat him clean. No, like, Kevin Owens should not be losing to guys like that. I just don't. That's what I'm saying. It's like I didn't even want to talk about it. It's just fuck. Fuck. All right. Well, speaking of something I don't want to talk about. Double or nothing. Oh, uh, what? Once again. Talk about it. Once, oh, I want to talk about it. But uh, I don't want to talk about it, if you know what I mean. Once again, Sergio comes through. Gives me the link. With the, uh, the Bleacher Report live, you know. Um, so I'm like, all right. I get to watch this now. Last time, what was it? Uh, Revolution? Eh, it was okay. Nothing major. This was, this was fine. Um, whatever, no big deal. But uh, this, a little different. Um, I'm going to start. This, the buy-in has the best friends beat Private Party to be the number one contenders for the tag team championships and what I can generously just describe as a sloppy match. Did you watch it? Um, I did watch it. Yeah, it did have some, some sloppiness to it. <clears throat> and the fact that Private Party, who we haven't seen in forever, have, an, have, have a number one contender title match was a little weird as well, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so we're opening a show with a montage thanking all the first responders uh, for their service during these uncertain times or whatever. So here's a question. Do you think it's a little insensitive to have a, a tribute graphic for Shad Gaspard uh, superimposed over an image of the ocean? Mm, I didn't catch that. Uh, yeah, that can be a little weird. You didn't catch that. You didn't catch the giant o a screen filling ocean was says in memory of Shad Gaspard. Yeah. I, just, I just didn't notice it. Didn't but then notice. again, they, they, they did a drowning gimmick in the end. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Not to, make light of, not to make light of the situation, but, you know, in terms of what you're talking about. Um, this thing starts off with the ladder match. Um, and Dasha says that they're, they're um, competing for a title opportunity which is very much a WWE phrase. Like, that's right out of the WWE 
uh, lexicon, they're just there's certain words and phrases that you just hear that you only hear there. And title opportunity is one of them. Yeah. So I don't know why they felt the need to do that, but they did. And then we get to the match, which is nothing but a human demolition derby. Uh, this is not why I watch wrestling. I don't want to see any of this stuff. This is not, there's, there's no semblance of sport. Now, AEW was promised to be like the sports centric alternative to WWE. If you remember back when they started, that's what they tried to, one of the things they tried to sell us on Tony Khan saying it'd be like a sports presentation, sports centric. He kept using the word sports. Um, so when you're talking about sports and then you've got this match, which is people are supposed to be climbing a ladder to grab a giant poker chip. I don't know what sport that is, but they're just, it's like, this was not so much of a ladder match. If you want to, if you watch like WrestleMania 10 and watch Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, that is a ladder match, a match where a ladder is involved. This was like, people were just coming up with things to do and then doing them for no other reason than to do it. Like, oh, well, this would get a pop if there were people here or something like that. You know, it's like, Instead of climbing the ladder to win, they're using the ladder for something else. Kind of breaks logic, right? Yeah, and they have to they have to set it up. Like they have to obviously set it up, and it takes a long time. And they're you know so like it's like when it's not sports. Basically, it's not sports is what I'm trying to say. Like, uh, is they they own the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Con family. So what when uh, that'd be like if you're playing against the Jaguars on their home football field and the field's booby trap, <laughs> like it's got landmines and shit in it. It's like, well, yeah. just whatever, just because, uh, there's a pit, there's spikes, you know, don't play against the Jaguars. They're crazy. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing sports like about this. This is fucking, you know, we, we got Joey Janela, um, does not look <laughs> like an athlete for sure. Matter of fact, when he runs, he looks like he's holding in a shit. You know what I mean? Did you notice that? Like he, he just, that's what it looks like when you're like trying to make it the last, the last 30 feet to the bathroom, uh, before you let it go. Um, and he was, and he was looking at like, there's a spot where Kaz hits him with the chair and he's double, like he, he hits him in the stomach to bend him over, you know, so he can hit him in the back. And Janela is just looking right at Kaz. He's just looking right at him, just watching him hit him with the chair. He's just staring at him. Like, Oh, I guess he's going to hit me with a chair. Better stay bent over so he can hit me. That's a Joey yeah. Janela for you. That's him. Um, there was a mystery man in this match. Uh, who was the mystery man, Sergio? Uh, man, Brian Cage. Did you pop? Um, no. First, so I knew. So first of all, I let, guess... me, let me just say, let me just say real quick, like that, um, who can stop the path of cage is the corniest fucking thing I've ever heard. And I've heard a lot of corny things lately. Um, they're going to have to get rid of that. I think yeah. that was Taz saying that. Did he say that? Was that him? Uh, I don't remember. It sounded like his voice. Ah, whatever. All right, go ahead. Say what you were going to say. Um, so I guess they assigned him a few months back. Uh, he had, he had that bicep chair. Remember? So he was supposed to debut already, but I didn't know he. I didn't know he was a. Uh, he was ready to go. So I had. I had no idea who the mystery man was. <clears throat> but um, 
this is one of those scenarios where it could have been pretty anticlimactic, but I thought it was a good job delivering Cage. <clears throat> Just, you know, his size and his presence and his look. And, he, you know, he's pretty solid. And I like how they got Taz with him because I think Cage, um, he, he, he kind of has, he's kind of he's the whole package, but I think his promos aren't the greatest. So if, if Taz can do the majority of the talking, then you got, you got a pretty solid duo right there. Yeah, well, he won, so what do you What does that mean? So is Moxie just going to go over him in the next pay per view? It's like, yep, all their all their heels are just getting they're just getting beat, you know. Yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. So let's just move on from that, unless you had any anything you wanted to add. I liked the match. Um, Did I you? Thought it was, I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, I thought it was exciting, and and, and I'm, I wasn't a fan of the the AEW sports gimmick. So I'm kind of glad they kind of, they're going more towards the entertainment side. All right. Well, that's got heat with me, but I'll save it for later. Uh, MJF and jungle boy. Um, thoughts. This is a great match, dude. I thought they tore it up. That, uh, care to elaborate or uh, it was just especially for a couple guys who really haven't been working that long at all four or five years apiece they were just uh, I, thought they, I thought they did a great job I thought they, they worked hard and it was a really entertaining match this was long too that first yeah. match was fucking long this whole pay-per-view was fucking long first of all <laughs> you know I thought they were supposed to be like Again, the alternative. And now WWE's like, yeah, we can do under three hours. And now they're like, yeah, let's push four hours. AEW's like, yeah, we, we can do four hours. I mean, so it was so it's four. Is that including the buy-in? Yeah, with the with the buy-in, it's yeah. definitely four hours. Four hours. Okay, that is kind of long. And this match was way too long for what it needed to be. They're they're like, MJF faked an injury playing possum, and then he went into the heat, but then he immediately put a chin lock on. And I was like, this isn't a Dolph Ziggler match. You know, you know better than that. Um, I don't know. I didn't like I didn't like the match, actually. I, I think this match sucked, as a matter of fact. Really? Uh, yeah. And it, it, I'm especially disappointed because you know what MJF fan I am, and I just put over his match he had with Marco Stunt. Uh, this, I, I didn't feel the same way at all. And I, I think Jungle Boy's got a lot of potential. And I think MJF is one of the people that should be, everyone should have their eyes on right now. Uh, I just thought this match sucked. It was too long and it didn't, it didn't make as much sense as some of his other matches do. It's not what I expect from him. So that new uh, TNT belt that they have is fucking whack. I guess it's a temporary belt though. But I mean, if it's even going to look anything remotely like that, that's a that's a pretty boring championship belt. What do you think? Um, I don't really get fixated on the way the belts look. I think you know I just take it for what it is. Did you get fixated on the fact that Arn had the Waffle House menu again, but it still said Cody versus Wardlow on it? <laughs> I didn't catch that. Well, jeez. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, that match sucked too. Um, just a long match with Cody and Lance Archer. It's, it's fucking sucked. I was bored. I'm bored with all this. Like I'm really? sitting there. Yes, I'm. I'm sitting there. Like nothing. Nothing is interesting because this all just. 
you know, everything I've been saying, there's no investment in any of this. There's no, the, the buildup. And I said, Cody was going to win. How many weeks ago did I already say that? So it's not like I didn't know it was going to happen. I wasn't surprised by anything. I didn't, I know what Cody, what kind of matches Cody has. He has the matches where everybody in the fucking locker room gets involved in it. And then he goes over anyway. So I knew it was going to happen here. And that's exactly what happened. <clears throat> I mean, I was what surprised did you... Mike Tyson. I was surprised Mike Tyson didn't, didn't get involved and knock anybody out. You know, you kind of expect that, but nothing happened. He took his shirt off. Uh, I did like the match. I thought it was funny. At one point, the camera caught Mike Tyson yawning. Did you see that? I didn't see it, but I heard about it after. But, uh, yeah, so after the women's match, I did go to bed, and I finished watching it the next morning. But you're right. I do have a hard time. It was kind of – I thought the pay-per-view was really good, but I did have a hard time sitting through all of it. It it is kind of long. How can can those two things be the same thing? It's really good, but I have a hard time sitting through it. You know, if it was You're really right. good, you'd be like, I'm up. I'm 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 psyched. I'm finishing this. You know what I mean? It's like I think you want to like it more than you actually like it. That's personally what I think. I, I wonder I wonder about that too at times as well. You know, you're you, you you have high hopes for things. You don't want things to be as shitty as they are. I think you're living in denial because you're just afraid to face it as something that's taken up the majority of your life up to now in terms of like your interests. And even to this day, when you should be way, way past it, um, you, you gotta, you're just telling yourself that there's got to be a reason why you still waste your time with this shit. Like you're trying to justify it to yourself. That's what I think. That's my dime store psychology. I'm too uh, much of an optimist. I find myself getting excited for a pay-per-view that I shouldn't be getting excited for, but I think I just want to be excited. <laughs> yeah. So then, so then you have so then you have Statlander versus Penelope Ford, who's replacing the injured Britt Baker here. Um, Stat Statlander did a suicide dive that was so fucking dangerous. Uh, she looked like she hit her face on the rail, um, and even if she didn't, she could have, and it could have been really bad. And for what? It's like you okay? So you did a suicide dive. Who didn't? Why do you need to put that in your match when you're not even good at it? You know. I just, I don't understand these people. Who's telling them this is okay? Oh, I know who. It's Tony Khan. Uh, Sean well, Spears. Watch an MJF match and, and learn how to not have to do dives to get over. Yeah. I know you let Jungle Boy dive on him, which another one of the things I don't like. So, I mean, that's just... I was very disappointed in that match. And I wasn't disappointed in Statlander and Ford because I don't think either of them are any good. So it was hard to be disappointed. It's exactly what I expected. The match sucked, and so did they. Uh, I know you like Penelope Ford, but I think it's really just because she's attractive and not because of anything she does. So... I, I, Sean, a, I, like, I like her cartwheels, her off-the-top rope, her Rana's. She is pretty hot. Right. Uh, Sean Spears has the uh, line from Batman where he says that uh, Dustin Rhodes is at home washing his tights. And that was cool. And that was probably my favorite thing from this whole pay-per-view is that somebody used the Jack Nicholson Joker line that I like to use sometimes. And um, then the rest of it was just, you know, exactly what you expect. He's wearing underwear with Tully Blanchard's face on the dick. Great. Hilarious. 
I'll give them credit. I didn't want to see this match. I don't think anyone did. So they they did a good job of just taking it as a regular match to turning it into like um, you know, they tried to make it an entertaining segment instead of a just a regular match. So I'll give I'll give credit or credit to in that regard. Yeah, and they kept it like a a hundred percent shorter than most of the matches that are on yeah. this card. Uh, women's title match. Um. All I have here is uh, Sheeta wins. Uh, it's a little bit strange, though, because, you know, it seemed like they were getting ready to set up Nyla Rose to go on a rampage for a few months or a couple years or whatever it would be. But nope, lost it in the first defense. Do you think any of that had to do with, um, you know, like uh, the the tragedy with Hanakimura? They might have changed uh, plans at the last minute. Um, I wouldn't think so. But they've been booking Sheeta pretty strong. Like they've been wanting to put the belt on her. Uh I'll put the match over though. I thought, I thought the match was really good. Yeah, it was all right. It was again, it was too long and they did too much. Yeah, well, yeah I, mean, I could have gone I could have gone either way at the finish, but I do think Nyla Nyla Rose just dominating everyone kind of would have been the better route, you know? It makes everyone look good. It makes her look good for dominating, and it makes whoever beats her look good when they finally beat her. This, it's like they beat her first try. So I guess she yeah. actually sucked, right? I guess that's how it is. Hey, you know this, what? She shouldn't have sat at home during the quarantine when everyone else is working, right? Yeah, that's right. She <laughs> was there working hard every day. She's been practicing her English, too, if you noticed. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And then we had the title match with, um, you know, Moxley versus the Exalted One. And even though I, you know, this is my leader here, I, I, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say I couldn't have cared less. I could have cared less, but I'm not sure how much less. Not too much. It was about as close as I could get to not caring. Uh, this was just like a bunch of stuff for like another long time, 20 minutes or so guys like suplexing each other outside the ring. And just like, I just don't care. I don't like either one. Like I used to like Luke Harper. I don't like him anymore. This was no good. This was your chance to like do something besides beat up a, a job guy. And, you know, I should have known better than to think that um, sucked. Sorry. What are your thoughts? I thought the match was fine. I just thought it was way too soon to beat Luke Harper. I mean, uh, to beat uh, Brody Lee. You know, I just thought it was a little too soon for that. But, um, <laughs> it's, n- it's never too soon. The first time you get in a match with John Moxley is when it's time. God. He doesn't lose. John Moxley doesn't lose. <laughs> Who did he lose to? He lost to somebody, didn't he? He has like one loss on his record. Does he? Did, yeah. did he, he, didn't lose to, he didn't lose to Kenny, did he? No. Wait. Yes or no? I don't know. I didn't watch that match. I'm trying to think of their hardcore. No, they had that hardcore match. I think nobody won. No, maybe maybe Moxie did win. I don't know who could have beaten him. I didn't it's watch weird. it. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch the hardcore match? No. Oh, that shit was crazy, dude. Yeah, fuck that. I don't watch. I don't watch that kind of. Like, that's not what I. That's not what I want to watch. I don't want to see. Yeah, that. I mean, I'm not. I'm not really into it either, but it's one of those things where it's kind of like a, I heard all the, 
how crazy it was. So I was like, all right, I got to check it out. And I did. And it, it was crazy, that's for sure. Yeah, well, crazy is one thing. Then there's the stadium stampede match. Um, my God. You know, I owe the WWE an apology because I made it pretty damn clear that I thought the uh, Money in the Bank match was one of the low points in quote-unquote pro wrestling. I can't really call it even sports entertainment. It's one of the low points in sports entertainment history. Uh, But that's because I had not watched the Stadium Stampede match, which was nothing but like basically a ripoff of that except twice as long um, and twice as dumb. Uh, first of all, why is there even a ring? <laughs> they had a ring in the middle of a football field. You had the whole football stadium, TIAA Bank Stadium, where the Jaguars play, uh, which you know may or may not be booby-trapped. And you had both teams come out and there's you know they come out from the the locker rooms like a real football team and then there's you know they run across the field and start fighting and there's a wrestling ring out there but you can go anywhere in the stadium and do anything so what's the ring for let's be honest the only reason it was there is so they could do that one tackle drop down spot with Jericho and um what's his name who was it uh doesn't uh, matter Matt Jackson yeah, Matt they did they did a they did a typical wrestling high spot in the ring just as a rib. Like they like, wouldn't it be funny if we're doing all this crazy stuff and then we just do like a wrestling high spot in the ring? That'd be awesome. You know that you know that's how the conversation went. Wasn't it it was wrestling one on one too, like the first thing you learned. Yeah. So that that's why they did it. Um this is, was like <clears throat> man. Everyone everyone in the Everyone in the company should be embarrassed. Like everybody. Like the, think of, think about having to make the announcers call this abomination for 40 minutes. Like you, what did you think they were going to be doing out there while you were doing all this bullshit? They, you did you hear JR? Like he didn't even know what to say anymore at certain points. He just like these this is what his business has become, you know? It's like all this shit that they're doing. And then, yeah, like you said, there's a scene where there's a there's like a pool. There's like a swimming pool in this football stadium, um, which I guess that's just how things are now. Uh, but the, the VIP section, I guess, right? Yeah, you know, just in case you don't really care about football and just want to take a swim. Um, <laughs> man, uh, so Proud and Powerful are in there, and they're trying to kill Matt Hardy in the swimming pool. So, yeah. In memory of Shad Gaspard with a graphic of an ocean, and then you're trying to drown a guy in the fucking pay-per-view main event. Are you serious? Like, are you fucking motherfuckers really serious? Yeah, I, mean, I, thought, I, that was, I thought that was really odd. Unless they taped the match earlier in the week before the announcement, I don't know. But it did seem weird to have that spot in there. Well, they could have cut that part if they taped it. Yeah. I mean, they obviously taped it at some point, because you don't do matches like this live. So they taped it and then they decided to air the full thing anyway. And it should have said, you know, they could have had 
they, instead of like trying to drown Matt Hardy, they could have just had him thrown him in the pool. But I don't want to see them do anything with that pool because you know what's going to happen. You know, it's just him and his changing outfits, you know, his reincarnation. You know, it's just like he every time he comes up for air, he's like a different person wearing different clothes. It's like that's I, I don't even need to say anything else about that. Everybody knows what that is. Uh, but yeah, it's the timing is extremely bad, especially considering you want to pay tribute. Um, and, and you fucked that up, too. You fucked up your tribute and then you had a simulated uh, drowning attempt on your show. So as if I needed to say anything else besides that about, you know, these kind of people and this kind of lack of um, awareness that they're supposed to have. Uh, but then you had this whole other match for 40 minutes. 40 minutes is a long time, Serge. That's a long time to be watching any kind of match. Okay. But, but, when it, but when you hated it from before it even got announced, and then having to sit through the whole thing, it was like, really? Is this, is this still just going on? Like it just really just went on forever. Just a bunch of crazy shit that made no sense. So I want to hear you defend this. So, um, it should be no surprise that my opinion is the exact opposite of yours. Um, I didn't want to see this match. I had no interest in seeing it. But once they got started, I was actually really, really impressed with the whole match. Uh, I thought they did a good job on getting everyone's characters over. So, like, I was a big fan of the Matt. I, I liked the <clears throat> Matt Cardi coming out of the water every time with his old gimmicks. I thought that was, I thought that was uh, entertaining and creative. I liked how they did the uh, <clears throat> the Adam Page coming in on the horse and um, going to the bar. And I liked the bar fight scene with him and Jake Hager. I thought that was really entertaining. You know, later on, they did the whole where he takes a shot, Kenny drinks milk, because, you know, Kenny doesn't drink alcohol. Uh, I liked uh, the Sammy Guevara stuff. Uh, he was always running for his life. <clears throat> so I thought, I thought they did a good job on really breaking the match apart. And yeah, it was 40 minutes, but there was a lot of elements to it, which I thought made it really entertaining. Um, it was kind of cringeworthy for me because they were doing a lot of spots out on concrete, uh, you know, where if you fuck up, you're going to, you're landing on concrete, but you know, everyone, everyone stayed safe. No one, no one messed up. So luckily, you know, no one really got hurt, but uh, I was kind of cringing a lot, but yeah, overall I was really impressed with the match. And I remember I texted you, I'm like, this was, a, this was a great pay-per-view. I bet it'll get great reviews. And sure enough, uh, the next day, I mean, not just Nelson Alvarez, but a lot of people were really putting that match over. I liked it a lot. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's my opinion of it. A lot of people, meaning what? AEW marks? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you can go either way with it. Um, Rusev, who's trying it. to get a job? Like who the fuck who the fuck liked this that matters? Uh well, well who I mean exactly. I guess I'd like to hear I guess I'd like to hear like Russo's take on it and stuff. Uh just out of curiosity, but I thought it was entertaining. Entertaining. What how can you okay. So this ain't this ain't wrestling. Okay, this ain't what we grew up watching. So what is it? Well, it's uh, <clears throat> they're doing the best they can with a show with no crowd. So this was kind of like their version of a cinematic match, I guess, if you will. But uh, it was definitely it was less phony. 
I mean, I liked the Undertaker AJ match. I thought that was it was interesting, but I thought this was kind of a a less phony version of that. Less phony than the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. So Matt, so Matt Hardy coming out with different clothes when he's trying to they're trying to drown him is realistic. <laughs> uh, not realistic, but it fits his character. It's like. Okay, he can get he can get away with it. You know, it works for him, just uh, just as it would work for Bray Wyatt and the Fiend. You know what I mean? You give, I think you can give some guys some slack, you know, character wise. Man, I don't give these guys any slack, because that's what I'm saying. It's like this isn't what this this is not what you. This is this is not why you watch this stuff. So I feel like you don't really. It's obvious. It's very plainly obvious that you no longer care about any semblance of what pro wrestling used to be, and it seems like you're more inter- like you're more interested in the stuff that surrounds it. Like you don't care about actual matches and business and stuff like that. You care about what's going on behind the scenes and stuff that's sort of related to wrestling. But if you have to watch actual matches, then that's too much for you. And you got to take a break and take a nap or whatever, you know, to finish to finish watching yeah. it. So no, I like I like matches. Uh, I just I like uh, I like variety. Put it that way. I, I like a variety. I think AEW does a pretty good job with with that. I don't like all straight matches. Like uh, like uh, I can't sit through a bunch of New Japan. That's that's too much. That's too much seriousness for me. I gotta have to have more of a, like I mentioned, more of a variety. But that's not wrestling, though. That's just, well, that's just well, some some version of some version of like somebody's take on it. But that's not what it is. Well, mind you, I'm a I'm a huge Vince Russo fan, so a lot of the stuff he used to he used to book, I was always I was a big fan of. Even to this day, if I go back and watch, you know, the Maestro or uh, fucking. Uh, you know, huge directions group stuff like that. I was always entertained with that kind of stuff. But he didn't book stuff that was impossible. I mean, he may have booked <laughs> stuff. He may have booked stuff that was juvenile, and he may have booked stuff that was like lowest common denominator, and he may have booked stuff that was just shocking to try to get a rating or whatever, or get people to watch, as he said. But he didn't book the kind of stuff like. That 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 couldn't have happened physically in the real world. No, are you are you are you referring to to the Matt Hardy gimmick, the Matt Hardy stuff, the Bray Wyatt stuff, the any any of the what I'd like to call the impossible wrestling, like stuff that just can't well, happen. I mean, you can go back in time and say the same thing for the Undertaker and Kane. You know, you can you can you can use a lot of other examples. Could I? Now maybe it's a little more silly. Maybe it's a little a little more comedy. You know, but like I said, uh, you know, I think I can cut the Matt Hardy character a break in terms of that's just his character, you know. So what I'm trying to get at is if you if you break this down to what it's supposed to be, which is a, a simulated contest between, you know, people or teams of people. And that's sh- and, and that's not enough. You have to have extra you have to have extraneous um, circumstances for you to enjoy it. You can't just watch 
a new Japan card from top to bottom with, you know, hardworking wrestlers that have their own gimmicks or whatever. You can't do that. So instead you have to have something outside of that. So you're not really, that's what I'm saying. Like if you don't like that, then you're not really a wrestling fan. You're just a, a fan of wrestling related or adjacent stuff. Well, I look at it like this for every, for every, you know, three or four, I don't know, Will Ospreay versus Okada matches. You got, you got, you got to sprinkle in a little Matt Hardy here and there, you know, sprinkle in a little, uh, I don't know, other random shit, you know, like, uh, as, a as, as a Rip Rogers used to say, you know, it's, it's like watching a circus, you know? Well, the, but you, again, you, you're taking, you're, you're taking stuff. He's talking about having variety within the confines of what you've established as a sport. So you're going to have one match that has these type of people, one match that has these type of people, but still it's the variety is in the people, not necessarily like that. They do something that's so crazy that you'd be like, wow, this is, I've never seen this before. There's a good reason that you haven't seen it before. There's certain things you're not going to see. It's just like when you go to a football game, you're not going to see somebody step on a landmine on the field just because it's a no rules football match. You know, they don't do that kind of shit. If the sports aren't enough for you, you don't watch the sport. You're not entertained by real sports, so you don't watch them, you know, but you somehow you watch fake wrestling and it started when you were a kid back before they did any of this kind of shit. It was still just matches. You know, they didn't have soap opera storylines back in the eighties. You know, they didn't, they didn't do this kind of fucking magic, magic characters that can change their appearance, you know, in a pool. You know, they didn't have any of that shit. So you started liking something else and it evolved because the WWE decided that they were going to start doing a bunch of stupid shit like that. And you went along with that. And now AEW is trying to out stupid the WWE stuff. And you're going along with that and you're saying that's the most entertaining thing to you. So I, I just, if so if you want to watch stuff that's like, that's like wrestling, but not wrestling, how come you never watch like glow on Netflix? There's no matches um, on that, but it's all about wrestling. Yeah, I watched a couple episodes. I just couldn't really get into it. I don't know. Why not? I don't know. You don't even know, but you just can't do it. You can't. You can't even explain why you can't get into it. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm not gonna. I can't accept that. You have to tell me what you didn't like about it. Was the was the acting bad? Was the writing bad? Was the was the story bad? Uh, like what? The, I have a hard you, time. So I, I have a hard time sticking with new TV shows. Anyways. Uh, AEW is it's it's different with wrestling. I just I'll watch even if I don't like it. You know what I mean? Whereas a TV show, if I'm not like super intrigued, I'll be yeah, maybe I'll watch it later, maybe I won't. But with wrestling, I have to keep up with it. It's something I've done for 30 years, and and I'll continue to do. You know, even if I don't watch it, I'll read about it. Like I don't, I never watch Impact, but you know, I'll I'll watch a clip or just to know who's there and what's going on. You know. When I was watching the stadium stampede match, this is, it wasn't even halfway over, I don't think. And I'm sitting there and I'm actually thinking to myself, you know, the podcast is kind of fun, but I don't know if I really need to continue doing this. If this means I have to watch wrestling, like from this point on, I could probably just drop it all. 
I could probably quit watching WWE, cancel my network subscription. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't. I could delete all my, you know, AEWs off my D, DVRs, and you know, I can just leave all this shit behind and just and just move on. Uh, and it probably wouldn't matter too much. Um, that's literally what I was thinking when I'm watching this quote unquote match. I just wanted this, this match was so bad. I wanted to just give up on the entire, you know, 35 years that I've been watching and just been like, yeah, I'm done now. That's how fucking bad this shit is. So for anybody that's listening, still not, still not sure about how much I fucking hated this and how embarrassed I was that this exists. Uh, that should give you a better idea. I wanted to quit everything. Um, that's how fucking bad this is. That's how embarrassing it is. It's it's an abomination, like I said. I just can't believe it. And, and then I knew you would come on here and you would still praise it somehow because you already said you liked the pay-per-view. And you could have liked the whole pay-per-view and then maybe you like saw that stadium stampede and was like, eh, that was kind of stupid, but I like the rest of the show. You know, and that might have been okay too, but I mean, I just don't, I've got no time for anybody that can put this shit over. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy how ridiculous this is. Like, how can anybody just sit there and like, enjoy this? I I don't understand it. Uh, I I don't think I'm out of touch because I know the casual wrestling fans that I, you know, that I know, they don't watch AEW at all, but if they did, they certainly never watch it again after this. Um, you know, they laugh at the young bucks, you know, and not in a good way. Not, not in like the way when they're trying to be funny, they laugh at them just for how they look and like how pathetic they are. Uh, no one, no one that's like a real fan would take this shit seriously. It's all like kids who've never seen anything else and don't know any better, or they think wrestling's a joke. Um, and, then you know, guys like you who just can't give it up. So, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I've seriously considered just like, yeah, I don't need to do this anymore. Talk me out of it. Talk don't me out do of it, man. Don't do it. Okay, I won't. I'll, I'll, we've I'll got, we've got Ray Mysterio's retirement announcement this Monday night. we got Timothy Thatcher. Versus Matt Riddle in a cage with special guest referee Kurt Angle this Wednesday night. You can't do it, dude. Hmm. Well, when you put it like that, is Kurt Angle really the special referee? Uh, I thought I heard he was. Or did you just lie to make me watch it? I'm pretty sure I heard he's the referee. Yeah. Man. Imagine Kurt Angle in his prime versus Matt Riddle. Holy shit. Yeah, he would have beat the fuck out of Marital. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I won't quit because, you know, it's easy enough to just sit and talk about wrestling for a couple hours, but it's always easier when it's wrestling I'm talking about and not just some shit that, you know, that's the other thing. It's like what we touched upon. If he never said it was going to, if he never used the word sports presentation, sports like presentation, if he never pushed that, you know, to sit there and say that it was going to be like this one way, 
And then all you did is like, all you have is graphics of people's win loss records. Like that fucking matters. That's the only thing that's even closely related to sports that you guys ever had. Uh, AEW. Uh, you know, that'd be one thing. If you never claimed that it was going to be like that and then you just did this circus crap, then that'd be different. I'd be like, well, you know, they didn't know any better. I didn't ask him to promise that. that. That's that's what that's what he tried to sell people on. More sports related, you know. And neither one of them know what fucking sports are. You got one, you got one people th- saying it's what is it sports related because it took place in a football stadium, and then you got these other people in the WWE talking about trading AJ Styles for future considerations. Get out of here! You got a sports fan in the entire in either company. No shit about sports. Fuck. Oh. I guess that's, that's what they kind of intended to do in the beginning. They kind of, I guess, changed their minds, obviously. Yeah, and the, and the ratings went down considerably. You notice all their... How do you feel about all their champions being babyfaces right now? So I don't do you, care. Do you, do you think Who that's cares? a bad thing? No, I don't care. Who cares? Who cares? Their whole company's a joke. The whole company's a joke. It doesn't matter what they do. How can you how can you look at smaller aspects of something like how oh, they actually have all babyface champions? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares what their champ who cares what the champions are? You just made up belts. You just made up a belt. It wasn't even finished, but you still had Mike Tyson carry it out there, you know, and then try to say it wasn't finished. They probably said that because it just looked so shitty when they got it. They, the guy they probably asked to make it gave him that belt, and they were like, What? This sucks. Well, let's just say it's not finished. You know? It's just... You're making up belts, and you think anybody's caring about your champion? This long, prestigious history of the TNT Championship? Four days? (laughs) I mean... God damn. And the the belt did go to to the... You know, one of the vice presidents? Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean... It was a better time. It was. But don't worry, he didn't take the main belt. You know, he just took this other secondary belt that he just made just so he could have a belt. God. My God. What a what a what a shitty, pathetic, false advertisement joke of an establishment AEW turned out to be. You know, I was I actually gave them some some uh, the benefit of the doubt when they were first starting out. And now they've just completely um you know, they they've turned they turn me off. I, I have no I have no interest in anything they do going forward. Like they they can't recover from this in my mind. Uh, WWE's kind of like that too. I mean, they're they're they've been a joke, but there's still like aspects of it, like NXT or whatever, which is like it's technically WWE, but it's still a little bit different. That I can sit there and I can watch that, and you know, it can kind of come close to. You know what I would hope that somebody would want to put out there as a wrestling product. Everything else is just kind of, uh, what's the word? Embarrassing. Embarrassing is the word I keep coming back to. I think you're going through a New Japan withdrawals. I think that's what's happening. It's not. It's definitely not helping. I'll give you that. You know, it was easier to balance this shit out when. New Japan was around to watch. On the other hand, when New Japan was on, AEW and WWE had never done anything this bad. 
in recent memory or in distant memory. You know, stuff like the Firefly Funhouse match and the Money in the Bank match and this stadium stampede. And so that that hadn't those things all happened after New Japan went on hiatus. <laughs> you know, and before that, I can't remember what the worst things were, but it just and it's like you see those things and then they want you to they want you to care <coughs> about something else. Like, you know, like like I said at the WrestleMania, it was like you had the Firefly Funhouse match where John Cena vanishes off screen. And then they have Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre come out to have like a, a match. Like you're supposed to like, what did I just watch? And now you're, you're asking me to care about Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. You know, like you, you're, you're basically coming out and all but saying, Hey, this is fake. We know it's fake and we don't care. And then they try to present you this match. Like, Oh, but these guys though, they're going to fight. <coughs> Brock and Drew are going to fight. So, I don't know. But, yeah, so, um, that's just about it for me. Uh, I guess we will be back next week. I'm not happy about it. Um, if you want to tell us how uh, happy or unhappy you are, you can reach us on all social media platforms. I am at Opinion Haver, uh, and Sergio, you can be found at? Instagram at SergeZilla, and Twitter at Mr. SergeZilla. All right, there it is. Any final words, Sergio? Uh, That's it for me, dude. All right, then that's going to do it for us. We have been two in, and we are now out.